The versatile enforcer. The versatile enforcer viewed the visage from the balcony. Balcony. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to make my own. The human torch was denied a bank. <laughs> Got it. The fat child died from eating too much candy. <laughs> what did that happen? Makes you think. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 43 of Court Cousins. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, as always, by my handsome co-host, my cousin, Jason the Peach. Documented by the government, drove down here from Vermont, now in Connecticut, coming to you wherever you are in this beautiful marble in the universe. Mm. Today is going to be... People could see this off this planet. You don't know. True. True, it looks like the Great Wall of China in that. Yeah. There's only a few things visible from space. Peach is one of them. Greetings from Earth. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new overlords. <laughs> it's going to be above average, I think. We've already had some chuckles that you'll have to check out in the outtakes if you're on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. Today's show, we've got a Chuma R-U-O-K-K check-in. Actually, skirt, not correct. We've got a psychological check-in. Old habits die hard. I'll miss you, Chuma. After that, we're going to go into a social media roundup. We're going to go into our, our report cards, but of course, we're going to take a, our court cousin's slant on those mm -hmm. grades. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about an NBA playoff preview, review the court cousin's championship, and don't go anywhere, you scallywags. You better stick around, you sexy second cousins for the large ending. <gasps> Scallywag and sexy. My two favorite things. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I, I like them almost as I love the second cousins and the all-stars on the Patreon. Mm, tell me about them. Shout out to all of the financial contributors to this show. Magic player history. It's not okay, K to say Okiki, Wiffle, Andy, Dylan Holden, Drum, Raphael Perez, Breadhead, Al, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Glorian, Damien, Connor, and Yachty. I'm not your friend, pal. I'm not your pal, buddy. I'm not your buddy, guy. <laughs> Those people are, in fact, all of our buddies, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cousins, really. Mm, but family. they didn't come up in there. They didn't come up in there. Someone who else who didn't come up in the shout-outs, but is coming up right now. Every month, we do a Court Cousins giveaway. If you're on the Patreon, we do a jersey giveaway. Only five dollars to get on the Patreon, like this gentleman winning himself a jersey right now. Spin that wheel. Give it up, spin that wheel, Peach. <laughs> Congratulations, Luke Wild. Well done. Luke's been around for a while, man. Happy mm -hmm. that you got that. Thank you for all the support. The Patreon community is growing, ladies and gentlemen. It's been fun interacting on the Discord. We get people's input about what goes on to the show mm. on the Patreon. Yeah, I have a thought about this. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot of Patreons on there, but mm -hmm. our Patreons, they suggest a lot of stuff for the show. They come on the show. Yep. It's a small group right now, so if you kind of yep. want to be a part of this, now's a great time to jump on board. Absolutely. Also, I have to question if Luke Wild mm. is just... A really wild guy yeah is that his last name or is he just a big minnesota hockey fan i have questions is it his persona or is it his reality that's a good question uh luke let us know man hit us up on the on the patreon there buddy we've got questions mm. if you are wild i'd like to hang out with you peace would like to make out with you too you have to check the outtakes for that one Ooh. 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm that wild. <laughs> well, I do want to know how wild you are, how you've been doing, Peesh. Oh, and we yeah. recently changed this up now to the psychological check-in because Cole has many different personas and, and faces out there on the interweb. So how are you doing, sir, for the psychological check-in? Um, yeah, I probably should have picked one of him being a little groggy because I haven't been okay. sleeping well. Um, hmm. I lost two of my, my top tier pillows lately. I, I have a five pillow system. Um, and I just <laughs> lost my two best players. Picture the Chicago Bulls dynasty losing Pippen and Jordan. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to win games <laughs> with just Horace Grant and like Luke Steve Long Kerr Green. and Luke Long. It's difficult. It's, it's tough. It's hard to win a championship this way. And like, yeah. even, even, even though I might find a, a time where like, oh, Rodman steps up or mm -hmm. Kukoc buries a three. I'm still missing my two best guys. I gotta get I yeah. gotta get out there and get some new pillows because this is this is tough times right now for me. But five, <laughs> five pillows. Can I have a, a, a follow up question really quickly? Sure. Because sleep is important. I'm I'm sad to see Quite. you're not getting good Quite. sleep. I've got a, a pillow configuration myself. Where are your five going? Are you doing one in back in front? Two are really just kind of support pillows. They okay. don't really do much. They're just there in case I need a spare. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working with right now. That's which the is bench. like the deep bench guys. Yeah. Like you don't really want to have to play them. Okay. Well, I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry but, you're not getting sleep. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It, uh, we're going to get this problem corrected with some new pillows. Okay. Just as I'm trying to correct a lot of other uh, issues, uh, I, I've got this picture here of Cole working out at the arena in the summit uh, in, in New York. Um, locked in with Cole Anthony. He's there. He's putting in that off-season work. That's that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I started going back to uh, therapy recently, getting getting back in touch with a guy that I was talking oh, nice. to just about, like, what's going on? Because, you know, I, I left my job, and uh, mm -hmm. there's, you know, some uncertainty, so I just wanted to be able to talk to somebody that's a little, you know, outside the walls of, of the house or the family that, that can bounce some stuff back off me, and I always yeah. feel like it's a good idea for people to do that uh, and, and, and really encourage people to do that um, quite a bit. Uh, whenever I hear that someone is having like any emotional issues, if they don't have a therapist, that has got to be the thing people go do. Like, I'm not even making any money off this, and they're not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, but you can be. <laughs> but there are plenty of places to go get that that help. Go do it. Find a way to uh, to get some clarity. And and this is what I'm doing. I'm in the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm working things out in the brain That's to good. be be better prepared for the you know. Sometimes you say year ahead, but I break things down even to smaller to like weeks ahead mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, what's going on next. So hopefully after this, this work at, at the, uh, at the summit in New York, I will be, uh, draining threes from long range and telling everybody fact and all the fun stuff that Cole brings to the table. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That's, that's always the toughest thing to do in transition times for me is to make them meaningful and to not go into some type of habit that maybe I don't want to embody in that time. Like you're being reflective, you're taking time for yourself, your mind. I admire that. That's well done, sir. Oh, thank you. Well, how are you doing for the check-in here? Uh, I have a photo here of Cole on vacation with two of his friends. It looks tropical. It looks nice. Um, as you know, Peach, I just got back from vacation. I was down in New Orleans mm -hmm. uh, with... Two of my best friends, their significant others, who are now my friends as well, have been for a while. So we've got a tight crew. We went down there, saw music, bounced to like five different music venues the first day. I was ecstatic. I was in the music industry for this. I love me some music. That was fantastic. Had some good food. Went on one of those, those fan boats with a gator. Mm, you know, That looked fun. Got way closer to gators than I thought 
We actually would. They were right up next to the boat. They come up. They know the tour guides. It's like I saw your boy Jake holding one. I was yeah. like, Look at this guy holding a gator. That's right surprising. Now. <laughs> yeah, Jake's one of my boys there in the back of this photograph. But the thing, if you'll notice, all mm. looks good on the surface right there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this photo captured Cole, and it looks like mid laugh. Yep. He's having a good time. But if you can see that expression that they caught him in, doesn't there's a little consternation. There's a little worry there. There's a little unsureness, almost looks like he got caught in a sneeze well, at that is, top of that sneeze. You got to zoom in a little bit. Yeah, okay. you got to check it out. Cause it, and that's kind of how it always was with me. My status quo is like always a little underly- underlying anxiety. I'm going back to work soon. Want to make sure everything's good with that. But overall, I've been doing what I need to to combat that and move around that anxiety. Got in the gym yesterday, going to get in the gym after this today. Been eating pretty well, staying off the sauce. You know, it's going to be uh, going to be a good start of the week. So I'm, I'm taking that vacation energy, stepping, mm. looking fresh with Cole and trying to just take some positivity into the next week. What about his boy wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey with him, though? Yeah, I can. <laughs> any thoughts? I'll, maybe I'll crop that out by the time this okay. gets to post-production. I didn't. Jake wasn't wearing any New Orleans Pelican stuff or anything. No, no, the Pelicans were playing, but you would have no idea. The city did not care at all about that. That was a very important game for them. Didn't matter. One iota. People go there for the ghost tours, the Gators, and the beads, right? So, like, nobody cares about that. Oh man, we got so many beads. We were there on Easter. We thought it'd be shut down. Nope, there were three parades. Come on. (laughs) Oh, he is risen in New Orleans. Yeah, he is risen. They got all those cemeteries and stuff like that, and then they have a holiday about a guy coming back from the dead, and you thought they were going to be shut down? (laughs) Come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah, it was dope. So now uh, we're going into the social media roundup, that segment where we scour the interwebs looking for your tweets, twats, and insightful posts about our beloved Orlando magic. And boy, do we have a good stew for you today. Mm. We're going to get it started by none other than the man himself, the versatile enforcer, number 34 in your playbook, number one in your hearts, Wendell Carter Jr. He tweets, five years in this thing and only getting better, turning the O up another notch this year. He's ready to go. There was a lot of energy coming from Wendell Carter Jr. If you watched any of the exit interviews, which I highly recommend you do, they're available. The only place I found them was NBA.com, reading through Josh Cohen's kind of like wrap-up of the year. Uh, He had all the interviews linked there so you could see them. Wendell Carter Jr. touching on some of the same points that all a lot of the players were going on, bringing that consistency into the offseason to take it up another notch next year. I think it's interesting he decided to use the the the, the devil horns there. Oh, that's a rock horn. Also, horns. I question whether are we turning up the O as in Orlando, mm-hmm. or can you score more? Turn up the O? Is that what <laughs> Later we'll get into that when we look back at yeah. an old episode and talk about who we thought our top scores of the year were, were going to be. We did some starter backup bench. We're going to revisit. Oh yeah, an old. One. We've never done that on the show no. before. But it's time to start going back, taking a look, and seeing how how do we do? Yeah. So that that'll be part of that later. But. Got some of our receipts. <clears throat> and Wendell, of course, depending on who you talk to and what day it is, he's part of that core. I, I consider him a part of the core of this team moving forward um, as an integral piece. And David Steele notes 
that of this core, Wendell being one of them, the highest percentage of points by players 25 years old or younger, the Magic lead the league at 91.7% of our points Mm -hmm. coming from players under 25. I'm playing dead agrees. This is definitely anything. The other teams on that list are OKC, Houston, Detroit, and San Antonio. Mm. Uh, There's a big drop-off, though, between Houston and Detroit. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody's heard about the core. The core mm-hmm. is clearly liquid hot magma. Um, <laughs> we don't really have a lot of guys older than 25 on the squad, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of hard for us to not get most of our points from those guys. Um, it's 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 anything. It's something. It's, it's all the things. And that's part of the reason that everyone points to the Thunder and the Magic and to a lesser mm-hmm. extent the Rockets as well and Pistons as having like this good... The yep. future's bright. Like, yeah. like there's, if something goes wrong from here, somebody screwed something up. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to drop the f bomb there, but I figure it's a little early in the show. It's a little still. early in the show. So I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna save it for later. Yeah, I'm not that passionate about everyone's cores, but I am passionate about ours. I think it's fantastic. Um, we like a lot of the guys on this team. When you look at like our oldest players are Michael Carter Williams and Gary Harris. Yeah, like. Those guys were born when I was in high school, so they're still not so <laughs> young. They're still pretty young. <laughs> like I, I just they they've been those two guys have eight years of experience, and that's the most of anybody on our team. And those two guys may not be on our team next year. Right. So I mean, are we getting even younger or are we gonna bring in a veteran? I don't know. At a certain point, I'm kinda like most of these young guys have played so much to this point, like Cole acts like a veteran. Right. Like some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Got enough veteran stuff from the dudes who have come through. Yeah, that we may not need to get that like ten year NBA vet to come in. It it's we're we're blessed because we have all this young talent as the t- statistics shows, but something that I've taken away, and I'm sure you have second cousins out there too, is as you touched on, Peach, these are not just young men. These these are extraordinary young men. A lot of them. They've got good heads on their shoulders. They have the right mindset. I think, led by Coach Mosley, who talked extensively in his exit interviews about just leveling up the focus and attention to detail. I think we saw that as the year went on. Consistency continued to get better, and it just needs to keep coming next year. Uh, these guys all have a nose for wanting to be in the gym. Goga talked about it in his exit interview. He he met, he was I'm blown away by the fact that when he walked into the gym, there was always somebody working, no matter what time of the day. It was really a family. These guys are not only young, they're not only prolific in their scoring and what they've done so far in the league, they're together. They put in consistent effort and actions and words, as Coach Mosley said, which I really love. That's what being consistent is all about. Um, and we'll just continue to be more successful because look at the team. From this year, from last year to this year, everything has gone up. Mm-hmm. Everything has gone up. Um, our three-point shooting percentage, our, our field goal percentage as a team, our rebounding, our offense, our defense, like things are getting better. So just keep keep going. Yeah, you've got all these other NBA teams with with a ton of question marks about injuries yeah. or fighting amongst each other. Like there's so many questions that a lot of other NBA teams have. And look, we're not in position to win the NBA championship this year, but of all the teams in the NBA, I think that like you've got to feel really good about where we're at. And there's a lot of teams, I'd say at least half a league doesn't feel that way. Amen to that. And and where we're at is 12 wins better than we were last year, which leads us right into Magic Player History's post about 
the best season turnarounds in Orlando Magic history. Mm. We have Shaq coming into the league 92-93 plus 20 wins. Yeah. Unbelievable. And the reason that so many fans adore Steve Clifford and and what he did for this squad is cuz the next largest leap was in 2018-19 with, you know, Sadly, a somewhat forgettable team. Um, 17 win. Yeah, Peach forgot. <laughs> 17 win improvement. Uh, Dwight Howard's entry into the league, 15 wins. Dennis Dead. Scott's entry into the league, 13 wins. Well, that was the our second year that as a our, team. Right. But still. Yeah, that's something. Yep. Um, and Paulo, now this year, 12 wins. Uh, tied with the 07-08 improvement when we got Richard Lewis yeah, for 12 wins as well. already a good team. So I know. That's, that's probably the most impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's an interesting question. Would you put one of these as most impressive, or is there a storyline that you want to pull out of any of these? I like that one that you just said about the 2007-8 team because – I wonder how many games that team won before it. It, it yeah, wasn't. It wasn't only a few. It was. You're looking it up, so I'll fill. But yeah. there's there's no way Shaq changing twenty wins isn't. I mean, that's one of the biggest one season turnarounds yeah. I think in NBA history. In so it, I mean, yeah. it, the the difference he made coming in was just you know no one could handle this guy. It's like all of a sudden there's just a guy in the league no one can stop. Um, and he's ripping down backboards and doing stuff, and it, yeah. I mean, it's, it was transcendent. And I mean, Dwight, look, Dwight did the same thing on a little bit lesser of a scale, but 15 wins in that era was nothing for them to shake a stick at either, because that you know. But those are both two number one picks, so it's fair to compare them to Paulo. I think uh, I think the team around Paulo is probably a little better than that team was around Dwight in that first season. Yeah, um, and probably around and probably around Shaq yeah. in that first season. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, Dennis Scott was there. Nick Anderson, Anderson was, was there, already there. Um, yeah, but they didn't have Penny on that first team, right? Um, and they didn't have you know Grant and <clears throat> some of those guys. So, um, yeah, it's 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 fun to be able to have a comparison and have to be in this picture, right? Like, I mean, yeah, if Paulo says he's second in number one draft picks to have the wins total behind Shaq and Dwight, well, that's a that's a good spot to be. Yeah, I mean, we could have easily been, this year's team could have easily been fourth on this list. We threw away some games there at the end that yeah. we probably would have had a shot at. So, And it's to right be there. fair, if not for all the injuries and stuff like that yeah. last season, we yeah. probably would have had more wins and this wouldn't feel like as big a jump. True. So you know, last Although season was a crazy could, season for I a lot of I could pull the 5-20 and so. 20 start out on you too. And if we had yeah. Markel Fultz from yeah. day one, you know, this right. would be somewhat different. That Going yeah. back to that 0708 improvement of plus 12 wins as well. The year before they were like a 500 team. 40, okay. 40 and 42. Right. So that, that so, makes that impre- like more impressive than you would think. It sits yeah. six on this list, but or tied for fifth, but yeah, it, it's, it's more impressive to take that next step up. And seeing that this is kind of our fifth biggest step or uh, in the history of the NBA franchise in terms of win, uh, Salty Magicaneer says, I'm a little biased, but this is my favorite rebuild in the history of the NBA. So it's kind of a nice little timeline, piece mm. of all the things that have occurred in, I guess this person starts it with Cole's, Cole Anthony's drafting um, with the 15th pick a, a few years ago. Yeah, Some people this, might start it a little bit earlier. It's be, he's a salty magic near is being nice, not starting at the Jonathan Isaac and Chumo KK Mo Bamba picks, um, and starting it at Cole Anthony because those picks are on our front office. But uh, does he have a favorite part of this rebuild? It it all, I mean, of course ends with 
the Woj bomb of us selecting Paulo Bancaro. It's being compared on the side there to this yeah. Vince McMahon meme, which I think my face probably matched all these faces along the way on the side. Because <laughs> I, I think, you know, obviously Cole Anthony was great, and I, I, you know, liked, oh, it's Cole Anthony from UNC, so I'm for this. Yes. Right? That kind of did make me do that. And then once we moved Aaron Gordon, that's when I got excited, right? Yeah. Like that's when my that's when I first texted you and was like, "We're doing it, yeah, we're finally getting rid of that guy, and we're moving forward." And then yeah, that next one comes through, and you're like, "Ooh, two first rounders and a Wendell card. Ooh, a younger, better big than Vooch. This is gonna be exciting." Well, okay. This is well, this is me now. Yeah. Okay. It's you. It's your point of view. And then being able to draft Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, and I'll be to be honest, did not know a ton about Franz the day of draft day, but mm-hmm. I was excited about Jalen Suggs. Yeah, so I did make this face. Yeah, and then we were there at the draft when they drafted Paulo Bancaro, and I believe I had laser eyes for a second. No, I think we both had laser eyes. That's one of my <laughs> biggest regrets of something we haven't captured on camera. Brought the selfie stick and everything, yeah. and then when it happened, we were just too pumped up. We have video of it. Do oh yeah, you do it was have on the some show. Video. Okay. You put it on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was low quality, though, Pete. Well, it was. So I didn't have my good phone back then. This thing was different, but you still got to see the excitement. I can't fit. I, like, I am not an NBA expert enough to think of where this ranks. If I took this seriously and talking about ranking my favorite rebuilds in history, I'll leave that yeah, to some of the other pundits. There's a lot of teams that have built. Yeah. Over the years. So. Who knows? I mean, the the Boston Celtics, when I was there, kind of followed. They've gone to, from boom to bust and boom back again pretty damn quickly in terms of trading their big three, mm-hmm. getting some assets, JD, uh, drafting Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You know, I, I like that. I like that model. You talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, which is our current front office. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities. Those are all really good models, and we're kind of following the same. If I'm thinking about a step here that has me the most excited, I think it's the day that we got Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, and we were pumped up maybe for the wrong reason at the time, but now that Jalen Suggs is coming back around mm-hmm. and looking like the player that we thought he could be, that day – could be the most important of this rebuild. Yeah. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? What has been the most important step off the salty magic nears? Or did he leave it out? And is leaving out... say, maybe it's not there. Maybe yeah. somebody enjoys, you know, us picking up ball ball. And maybe they're into that. Or trading away um, Jonathan Simmons and a second round pick for Markel Fultz. You know, where do you hey, start That's right. The that's rebuild? not on this list. That should be. And that is a part of the Weltman-Hammond front office. So mm-hmm. what do you think? What, what's, your, what's your favorite step... In this rebuild. Is it your favorite in Magic history? I think it's our best in Magic history, certainly. Mm. Okay, so that maybe it's not so surprising to us where we are given the uh, status of our rebuild and what we know about our front office. But NBA Geeks and Quincy Hoops uh, posted the most surprising teams to them this year in the NBA. Mm. We are number five. The Kings are first, mm-hmm. the Knicks are second, OKC third, Lakers fourth, us fifth, Pacers, Jazz, Grizzlies, Cavs, and Nuggets. What say you, Peach? Which of these do you agree with, and, and which would you move around? I mean, I think one through five, and even one through six, I mean, even one through seven. I don't understand why the Grizzlies or the Cavs would be surprising. 
those are two teams we knew we're going to the Cavs we knew we're going to take that step we'll talk about that later and the in the Grizzlies were like the two or three seed last year so like that's not surprising they were the two seed last year and they're the two seed this year so I don't understand yeah, what's it's surprising. Not surprising I mean the Nuggets I guess going from like a two or three seed to the one seed is eh, a little I yeah. think it's more about like you know those teams obviously the Kings are number one and should be and the Knicks I think you know, we weren't sure if Jalen Brunson was going to be the answer there, but they had a nice season. I mean, look, above us, it's all teams that are in the play, at least in the plan or in the playoffs. Yep. So we're the first team that appears that doesn't make it. And then the only team with the Pacers and the Jazz that that isn't there at all. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be on this list. It's good that this these groups have nothing to do with the Orlando Magic. There's no favoritism or home, homerness. Yeah. It's just them all of a sudden going, you know who was surprising? The Orlando Magic aren't, yeah. aren't an easy win anymore. Okay. You know, so that's good. That's part of it. I see a lot of people getting impatient with the respect and now we don't have any games on national TV. Look, that all comes, all right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't just come overnight. This was a, a season we knew was going to be a, we got to find out what we got. Yeah. And we did. And yeah. we'll talk about that more later with the report cards on players, but it's good to be on this list. I'm glad everyone else thinks we're surprising. I don't think the Magic community would be surprised by our team. No. I I uh, I like where we're at. Uh, it's nice that we're getting more pub. I think more mm-hmm. to come. I think again, without our start, if we would have had our regular team and been in the playoffs, we might be even higher on this. Um, but it's again not surprising to us. Maybe it's surprising to NBA geeks and Quincy hoops, but not to us. The team that is left off here that was certainly surprising. I think there's a couple notables here were the Dallas Mavericks who were a highly ranked team. Surprising in a bad way. Yeah, Yeah, in a bad way. They went to, what, the Western Conference Finals last year? Yep. And you think Luka coming back. um, They got Christian Wood. He looked like an interesting pickup. But it all went to hell in a handbasket, and they ended up sitting guys in what was for them a must-win game, but clearly not organizationally a must-win game in an effort to try to maintain a top 10 pick there were some dudes out there i'd never heard of i was (laughs) like why is this guy shooting a clutch three right now (laughs) so that that's bonkers to me i never expected them to be to end up so low uh kind of in a similar vein to that um is the, the the brooklyn nets and i guess that's outside of control but Maybe not. I guess you could have seen that dumpster fire coming a little ways away, but you are gonna like what we review about episode twenty six and your thoughts on the Nets. We're gonna are we gonna talk about them later? Yeah. I, I wonder what my receipts are. I don't even. Oh, see, I watched. Is... I watched the episode. It was very fun. <laughs> I watched that little segment and was like, "Look at us go." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happens. Okay, that'll be interesting for me to see because I my short term memory is not great. Fact. <laughs> Even though this was a long time ago. <laughs> or long-term memory. Okay, moving on. This is an interesting proposition. Some of these surprising teams, Peach, that we just spoke about a moment ago, uh, they're, as we said, on the outside looking in. Ourselves, the Pacers are there. Now the Thunder kind of out of it. And this was suggested on Gilbert Arenas' Gills Arena podcast. Mm that they should do an NBA way-offs and have a bottom four teams play for the number one pick the same week as the playing games. Yeah. He's just shaking the fist in, in, in glorious victories. In I love this. this idea because then those teams that are tanking, they don't necessarily get rewarded. You know, like they then have to play for it. You can't just Well, the, the other you side eventually of this blade, have to win. The other side of this blade is 
like you you said, like a team like the Mavericks not playing it out to the end, they're going to sit all their guys, get into this little playing tournament. Although I don't think they qualify for worse for. They don't. No. So if you're kind of on the fringe, you got to make a decision. Right. I'm either going for it or I'm not. Or I'm not. And then have the plan, have this. And I think the losing team, whoop, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. So I think the losing team, like whoever comes in fourth, like you have a consolation game. Like, okay. Yeah, you, yeah. You put those three and four teams. Whoever comes in fourth. Yes. Boop, you get bumped to the back. You get like the 10th pick. No. Yes. Because you have to encourage those teams to not just sit their stars and be like, hey, we'd be the best team of the bottom four, so let's just get down in there, and then we'll get the number one pick. You have to have that penalty in the back of the mind that, like, ooh, if we lose two games, we yeah. just end up dropping back to, like, number 10. Now, I don't think they'd do it. See that? Let's be honest. It'd be fun. It would be fun. I'm wondering where the motivation lies because I clearly see the organizational motivation, but then to have players want to play this play-in tournament to get the number one pick who could – you know, arguably be the guy that takes their takes job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the I don't know if the motivation's there for the players. You might have to add some buckaroos, but they're already talking about yeah. adding a uh they're adding a tournament. A mid season tournament. A mid season tournament that's gonna games are gonna be played throughout the year, like they do in, in the uh the old soccers, which Peach watches religiously. He wakes up early so that he can catch all the games in Europe. Oh, he loves it. I already don't care about whatever they're cooking up for some in game tournament. Uh, but you, tournament. but you care about this. Doesn't matter. It's not college basketball. That's a college basketball thing. Yeah. Like you go play a weekend tournament somewhere, holiday tournament. I'm that, for that's it. a college basketball thing. I like it. I, I think it's going to be kind of fun. It'll add a little bit of intensity to certain games that might not have it. There's more and more European players coming into the, the league. They're familiar with this type of stuff. I, and it's not that foreign. It's not that crazy to say certain games that are scheduled are counting towards this tournament. I think it's going to be fun. I don't know. This wasn't the point of this uh, this podcast where we got on this tangent. I like it. Oh, we're way off. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we are way <laughs> off. What do you think about this? Peach loves the NBA way offs tournament, playing to get the number one pick. What do you think about the hey, mid-season tournament? Then we'd tournament? also know who gets the pick like immediately, right? Yeah, we wouldn't kinda, have to wait fun. for the balls to drop. I mean, it's <clears throat> six of one, half dozen of other. You got to wait for the balls to drop, or you got to wait for the tournament to happen. Oh, but this happening the same week as the playing games? Sure. Oh, he didn't make a puberty joke. All right. I was going to go there. <laughs> I completely missed it. Uh, all right. The balls drop. All right. Let's let's move on to the next one. Um, speaking uh, of balls. Speaking of balls, how does this how does it have to do with balls? You go. NBA draft. Ah. It doesn't is, matter where the ping pong ball comes up. That's according true. to Mr. Wellgod. A uh, stud among men. Uh, he says his official Orlando Magic NBA draft board looks like this. And it's one through ten. I'm good with whoever John and Jeff pick because they drafted Franz and Paolo. Yeah. That's a good top ten. It's yeah. hard to argue with that. <clears throat> I don't think I'd change anything. Maybe I might go Jeff and John at number five, okay. but I don't know if I'd change anything. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, the, I think really you you hope as a fan, or I hope as a fan, that your team is going to hit on some of those guys who turn out to be supreme talents. Mm -hmm. Because you see year after year, I mean, they've got 30 picks in the in the first round, and there's a whole second round, and you never hear about most of these guys. Yep. So if you can strike gold once, twice, then you're really in the money a third time, and what are we even doing? We're being gluttonous. That's uh, we've already, I think, almost gotten that. Depending on what happens with Jalen Suggs right now. Well, look, Paulo, Franz, and Suggs are all top ten picks. Yeah. So 
that's not as <clears throat> that's not really what you're talking about. I feel like you need to hit on a second rounder or a late first. Uh, um, whatever we do with the Bulls, there's pick, a lot of first round guys that don't do jack either. A lot of top ten guys are, that that don't impact the way that Paulo and Franz already have. You need to get one of those like well. Shea Gilders Alexanders and mid yeah. first rounder that like ends up being somebody. Yeah, and I think that that could be key with our bull with the Bulls pick because that's going to be around where it is. But you know, I could nitpick. We could talk about. Chumo KK, we could talk about the Jonathan Isaac picks. Um, we like Cole Anthony pick. Overall, though, they have, I think, done plenty to gain the trust of Orlando Magic fans. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of nice. You, you just, I release all responsibility to you, John and Jeff, to do your damn jobs, and I trust that they will do a good job. Right. So I, I'm, I like this mindset from Walt God because it allows me to not stress about whatever, even if the guy that comes up. Um, on draft night, or the two the two gentlemen that come up are guys that when we're doing all our pre draft nonsense haven't talked about at all, mm. you know, in that spot or with that pick, and th- it goes, hey, I trust it to be good, and I'm gonna ride it out, and let's go, let's get ready right. for the season. Yeah, they've obviously known they were gonna have at least two picks all this season, so you know they're scouting that. Yep, fifteen t- top 10. five to fifteen yeah. range of guys, so they know what's there, and they. I wouldn't be surprised if, it, yeah, we got a guy with like the Bulls pick that we don't have on the radar that they know about, right? Um, and like, well, God suggests we're on board. Yeah, <laughs> anybody that's on their draft boards on mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's the prevailing opinion. I think out there, correct me if I'm wrong, second cousins, we're two thumbs up on the John and Jeff front office, but I know some people are salty. If you want to be salty, be salty in the comments. It helps the algorithm. So good and bad, put it down there. Bring some pepper too, because you don't want to overspice just one way. Let's let's mix it up. But well, I mean, people sometimes are impatient, and that's, yes. that's that's the only people that would probably be against what's going on. Mm-hmm. Where like you wanted to make the play in this year that badly, and it's like mm, wasn't that important. Yeah. Next year, we got to be somewhere. Got to be in there. In there. Yeah, but I'm I'm thing. victim of that too because I'm already ready. Like, oh yeah, are we gonna pull the trigger? Kind of br- that that move. We're also waiting for that move where they utilize some of these resources and bring in a player that is key to whatever is happening moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that even is a little premature for even off-season discussions this year, just looking at John and Jeff and how patient they've been historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm ready for it. You know, I want to be. I think this team is really good and ready to go. But realistically, I think John and Jeff playing the patient game is the right thing to do one more year with kind of just this general core, and then you really utilize some of those resources that the squad has. Mm. Light one, fun one? Yes. I want to get into Cole Anthony's... Lady Goga! Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah. Where he has created this graphic, Lady Goga. It's just good. Is is the Goga wave taking over the social media? It sounds like I'm missing things. You were telling me before the show. A little bit. In Goga's exit interview, I learned one of the reporters asked him, are you going to be starting a Twitter account? And he said no. And then joke, there was another side joke I didn't even understand. But someone has created a Goga yeah, I've seen Twitter it. I account. I thought it was him at first, but yeah. you're telling me not. But it's not. And there's just some funny memes on there. And, um, I mean, this is his, his profile pic is just... Goga behind, okay. a, I think, is that a Georg- the Georgian flag, Georgian yeah. flag um, with his hat on? I'm not sure if this gentleman is from Georgia or not, um, or or is just a fan. They've clearly been following Goga since the Pacers days. Okay, so this is they have memes about him from from then. So this is a Goga fan out there, and Goga's totally cool with him 
spreading the Goga gospel out there. Hey, if Goga's not on Twitter, he's probably going to live a nice, sane life. He is. So enjoy not being on there. Well, that that's kind of what he joked about. He's like, no, no, I'll let yeah. him have it. He's like, no, no blood. I think it's fun what he's doing. Like, he doesn't want it. You know, and that's another high character guy. Not to say social media is the hell on earth, but it is. Uh, it can be. It, it can, can be. be. It definitely can be. It just my attention span, my patience. It jacks me up a little bit. But I like a guy who's like, nope, I'm separating myself. It shows me that he's here for business. Mm. I don't know. Ooh. We'll talk a little bit about that more. Business goga at the goga time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> One last piece of magic news in the social media roundup before. We move on to our player report guards. Is this from the NBA G League account? Peach is wearing the Lakeland Magic jersey. Who's that? Kevon Harris. Kevon Harris. Uh, the Orlando Magic will ro- re- relocate its NBA G League affiliate to Kissimmee, Florida, and will be re- rebranded as the Osceola Magic. Oh. What? You're you're curious how I was gonna pronounce no that? idea how to pronounce that name of that time. <laughs> Didn't bother looking it up either. I'm like, are we Oscioli? Askiola? <laughs> See, your your uh, out of towner card is showing. Your out of towner is showing, Fish. Well, it was weird. I saw Kissemi and was like, well, why aren't they the Kissemi Magic? But I think it's the county, Osceola County. Okay, so they're trying to just get everybody together. Yeah. Even closer to Orlando. Upon I did look up to see where it was. Yeah, I did. I was too. like, how far away are they going? <laughs> so um, Orlando, Florida, Floridians, second cousins out there, forgive me, but I confused initially Kissimmee with Tallahassee. Yeah, that would have been. And Tallahassee is at the north of the state, close to the border with Georgia. Right, that's what we border. Yes. Um, and so I, th- I thought to myself, oh, that's an interesting move, moving further away from the team, but maybe trying to break into a new demographic, bring mm-hmm. po- pro basketball to that area, try to get something happening. But no, lo and behold, Kissimmee is actually closer to Orlando than even Lakeland is. Mm. Yep. So they're bringing the team even closer to the pro squad or to the, the top tier team, the NBA squad. And I think it's, you know, upon further reflection, it's a good move. I, I, I see the other side of the coin is, no, we're actually going to allow Orlando Magic fans to now go to see the Osceola brand of basketball, the G League brand. It's a cheaper night out for the family. Yep. You know, it's it's good family fun. The Magic fans are in this area, and they're the ones who care most about the Osceola Magic, the mm-hmm. G League mm-hmm. affiliate. So, yeah, I don't think the Magic are going to care for this uh <laughs> This take you have? This this comparison that I'm going to make here. Oh, no. This is sort of like when the drug dealer gives you that first taste for free, right? Like, <laughs> you guys go to a few of these games, and you're like, oh, man, I like this guy. And then, like, when they make the big squad, your kid's going to be like, oh, we got to go watch Kevon Harris. We just watched him. He dropped, like, 30 points. He's now on the Magic. We got to go watch the Magic games. It's, oh, it's brilliant. It's a it's gateway brilliant. drug. It's brilliant. <laughs> I like it. And I, it, it sounds like it's going to be a better arena for them because I did. I was not impressed with what I saw from the Lakeland Magic Arena. The RP funding Especially arena, seeing man? where I've seen some other teams like in the East yeah. um, that I've seen, like the main Celtics and the, the, well, uh, the, the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. Obviously, they're playing in the Bridgeport Arena, so right. I mean, that's a pretty good size arena. Not that they fill it by no. any means. <laughs> no. I mean, they're lucky if they get 10% in there. <laughs> But it's a nice facility. But it's a nice facility. Yeah, the other one looked like a high school gym. So hopefully they can uh, bring in some more bodies. Yeah, and it'll only make it easier for guys going back and forth. And but still make super fun jerseys that you can go on and look at and be like, I gotta get these. And yeah. also, I thought this was a good summer vibe. Yeah, because it's been hot lately. Yeah, 
Just so rock it. Like, you got to take the guns out, though, bro. Sun's out, guns out. Well, the sun's not out today. That's true. So leave the guns in. They're away. Uh, what do you it's think? Le- it's legal for me to carry them in Florida. It is. <laughs> in, in Connecticut, too. Um, how do you feel about this move? Some of you Floridian second cousins, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on it. Let us know in the comments. Um, and maybe we can make an Osceola Magic game next time we're down there for Court Cousins Night. Yeah, a little easier to hit now with it being right there. Yeah, we'll have to hopefully add that to the docket. All right. Peace, you ready to go to school? This is where I'm in my element. He's putting on the glasses, ladies and gentlemen. He looks studious. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. <laughs> got, so, my, got my comp notebook. Look at that. Look Already? at that. Flashbacks to middle school. Uh, we're going to do the player report cards. We're going to do them in a court cousin's way. They might not all be grades. Peach and I just said we were going to grade them how we felt, and I'm curious to see how you... Well, that's what I did last year, and I think you wanted it on the fun. I wanted it on the fun, for yeah, sure. And I welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go in alphabetical order, but do we want to talk about just a few guys in a category and not maybe spend as much time... No disrespect, but I guess a little disrespect. I clumped Michael Carter-Williams, Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield, and Jay Scrub into the participation trophy section. And okay. that's that's what I'm giving them on their report card. Well, they all get the same they're thing? They're all getting a participation trophy. Okay. We're going to say, hey, we're in Gen Z now. Everyone, yay, you did it. You came out, and it was so wonderful, and we loved it, and we love you. It was great. Here's okay. your participation trophy. I mean... Some of these guys, what we got, I really liked what we got from Kevon Harris. Yeah. If I had to talk about someone that out of the group I might elevate to, hey, you can come to class again next year, um, it's going to be Kevon Harris. Admiral Schofield, I love what he brings, but he's just a tweener guy. And we'll talk about that. I'll talk about that a little bit more. The skill set he has isn't really attributed isn't really connected to the the size frame he has. He's mm. playing like a 4, but he really is he's 6'6". Six, six. He's very he's undersized. He's, he's a beefy. Right. He's a beefy man. Don't get me wrong. Yes. He's bringing the beef. But he can't it's tough for him to guard fours. He's not shooting, although he he does shoot the three ball better than I think most of us would expect. He's still not at that elite level where he can be playing guards and guarding guards. So I have participation trophies for all. Enjoyed your uh, per- your contributions, gentlemen. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, so I I, I gave them all individual grades. I gave <clears throat> MCW, I gave a check mark. Um, the community loves this dude. I, I don't know. I'm not around that community, so I don't know. But everybody seems really geeked on him. The guys seem to like him. So it's a positive for our squad, even if it's just as the N1 guy on the bench. Yeah. Uh, Kivon, I gave a pass. That's okay. a passing grade. I mean, pass. he did what we asked him to do when he was called upon, which wasn't often, mm-hmm. but he did help fill in for a while. And I'm giving a job well done sticker to Admiral <laughs> Schofield because <laughs> that guy just came in and was a dog when he needed yep. me. I mean, look, is he the best player? Nope. But he does what he gives you all he's got, and that's all you can ask. That's why you get a job well done sticker. And Jay Scrub. I just wrote down that you have to play more than J.I. to qualify. So he he just joined the team too late, hasn't played a lot, did get a chance to get into a game, got a bucket. Love that for him. Incomplete. Didn't see enough. Didn't see enough. Okay. So Incomplete grade for J-Scrub. Okay, so for the rest of the guys, Peach, we are going to go now in alphabetical order, Mm -hmm. and we will be starting with none other than the the man, the myth, the legend, Cole Anthony. Come on, Cole. 
It's a good spot to start. Yep. Feels like one of the emotional leaders on the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for me, I gave him a 91% on the okay. tomato meter. Um, oh, all right. Which is what they used to, to rate movies. Yeah. Um, You're a big movie buff. No. But uh, <laughs> the... Uh, <clears throat> The critics usually score is a little higher than than sometimes the fa- or a little lower than the fans score. They're snobby. So for me, I'm in this fan because I'm a fan. Yeah. So this is a 91 by the fans. Okay. So the people like this movie. Now the critics, I think they've got them at probably about 79. Oh. And that's hard. Ooh. But those critics are like wanting him to be something completely different. Mm-hmm. For me, he checks a lot of the boxes. He does a lot of the things. He led he led our bench. Whenever we were in there, and our bench outscored a lot of a lot of people, a lot of nights, and that was in large part due to what he was doing out on the court. That was an area where we really made headway against teams. Sometimes we struggled against team starters, but we could make headway on the bench. And Cole's leading the leading the charge there. So I mean, I can't ask for much more from him. His scoring's a little down from last season. He played sixty games, but I, overall, very pleased with it. I'd have to agree. I definitely disagree with the critics, those snobby bastards. The critics, man. Get your, they're always tough on stuff. Get the sticks out of your rumps. <clears throat> Come on now. get Embrace the Cole Anthony. Thanks. Come on, Cole. Uh, Cole Anthony, I mean, all of his shooting metrics went up this year. He's in the top half of the league in all of those shooting metrics, which is all you can really ask for. Definitely above all of his career averages. He averaged... 13 points this year, 4.8 rebounds. Give him five rebounds, ladies and gentlemen. Four assists um, on 36% from beyond the arc and 45.5% from the floor. Um, His effective field goal percentage is now 51.8%, which kind of combines your field goal percentage and your (laughs) three-point. No, it's not. What it does is it values the three-point ball as more points than just a two-point shot because more points. Yeah. So, right. So it, it takes that into account. It does favor, you know, three point shots. So who's the best effective field goal percentage in the league? Stephen Curry, because the majority of his shots are that they're, mm-hmm. they're higher, they're uh, juicier shots, but he's 23rd in the league among point guards. So last time I checked, there's 30 teams in the league and he's it's not right. a starting point guard. Right. Exactly. But, but that number, if you looked at effective field goal percentage might indicate that he definitely could be. And he's shown that he can be a starting point guard on a rebuilding Magic team. And now that we are, I wouldn't say in that quite rebuilding phase, we're now entering, hey, we want to be competing mm-hmm. for a playoff basketball phase. The question will become, can he be maybe not a starting guard on that squad, on that type of team, but right. at least a six-man off the off the bench, contributing eight-man rotation? And I think resoundingly, the answer is yes. The consistency has come around this year, um, and I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, sometimes the defense is a liability, but the team has grown and gotten better so much defensively around him. We're not seeing how, how many time, how many fewer times did we see Cole getting stuck in a screen on their big in the paint? Not as many. And that is not just him working harder on the defensive side. That's the team working defensively better around him. And because of that, you know, I think that Cole's strengths can now come out in the best way possible as a scoring guard with that punch off the bench who has a nose for the boards, which I know Peach loves. The man, little man can board I, the ball. I got to say, 
Pound for pound, got to be one of the best rebounders. Got to be one of the best. You got to take that into consideration. And also just the hype man of the team. He's one of the emotional leaders. He's, as you said, he's a young player who don't look like it. And because he's his dad has been in the NBA, mm-hmm. he knows what it takes to have an NBA career. Yeah. You're not worried about him, you know, his head going other places. He's laser focused on this. He's got the right mindset. And uh, I'm giving him an A minus in Mr. Langan's class for the year. I, I just love what he brought. I wanted more consistency from him. He brought that. I wanted more defensive effort. He brought that. A minus, Cole. Well done, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, now on to the prized rookie, the rookie of the year, Paulo Bancaro. I just made a short about Paulo, so check it out if you haven't. Trying this new format, just having fun with it. But I mean, that's a short. We're gonna do a long right now. (laughs) Yeah, here's here's the long of it. Um, (laughs) This guy is an elite company. He's we're talking about a, a playing style that looks a lot similar to LeBron James when he came into the league, but honestly, a little bit more skilled. Then I remember LeBron coming into the league. He matched LeBron's 40, 20-point games. Um, That's elite company. He's a complete player. We've seen him do it on the boards. Um, His assists are right around four. I I expect more assists to be coming for Paulo as we're getting to know the players are getting to know each other. They're building cohesion. Shots are going down. There are a lot of high-scoring triple doubles in this young guy, in this young man's future. Um, I mean, the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, being joining them as the only rookies in their first 31 games to have, what was it, 600 points, 200 rebounds, 120 assists. This is rare air that we have here. And and because of that, Peach, I just want to give him a hug. That's a my hug. Just a hug. Just a thank you. It's a it's a hug. It's a it's a bro hug. It's one of those, you know, you clap on, you get those, and then you're around the back. Oh, all right. just yeah, it's just it's like a, a dap nice, up and it's a bro it's a good, hug. I'm, okay. But I'm holding on a little bit lecture, right. extra. I'm holding extra. on a little extra. Just <laughs> enough to make him slightly uncomfortable. Slightly awkward. Yeah, slightly <laughs> awkward. But that's okay. He's like, why is this grown man? Just long enough I for him to think about the nipple on nipple contact that could be <laughs> yeah. happening through a shirt. Yeah. Well, he's so tall that my head would my mouth would probably be at his nipple. Uh, now it's weird. He'll feel weird when I just kind of lick out and lick out. Hang just a little bit. Okay, let's get you off the teat of our rookie of the year <laughs> no, for a second. No, no, no. Yeah, all, all jokes aside, though, the hug is because I think we we got a guy. We got a guy, and we, we might want to talk about other guys that we have. And we do have a bunch, but I believe that Paulo Bancaro is a star in this league. If I mean, he brings a complete skill set, and the thing that we've talked about so much, getting to the line. 7.4 free throw attempts per game. That's tenth in the whole entire NBA. And he's only going to get better, ladies and gentlemen. He's only going to continue to finish more with and ones. So the sky is the limit for this young man. And for that, he's bringing our Orlando Magic along with him. I just got to give him a hug, man. I mean, I the free throws is the thing that he brings that we were missing. We did not get to the line a lot last year. We don't have that guy that gets star calls. That's what he is. So that is a key point because, honestly, he didn't shoot the ball that well consistently throughout the season. But as long as he's getting the line, he could still end up with 20 on a bad night. We talked about it several times throughout the year that he's capable of doing that, and that's all thanks to him being able to get to the line. For me, I've got him – I'm, I'm giving him a full house – Right, ah. it's a good damn hand. Okay, right? yeah. it's beatable. Mm-hmm. It's a beatable hand. Mm-hmm. You could still see something better come up. You can get that straight flush going. Some something that will beat it. But yeah, you feel pretty good with a full house. Oh. <clears throat> I just want to hopefully see him improve some of those shooting marks. 
And sometimes it seems like he gets out of the flow of the offense, doesn't get the ball enough. And I know that's kind of the way we've had things based where we're kind of a team unit where we can win games if multiple people score double figures. But at some point, he'll be the clear, I mean, he's the clear number one option. He should get more shots, but he needs to make more of them. So that way we don't have to question whether we're giving him too many looks. So I'm loving what I see so far. Uh, Dylan, I was talking with on on uh, Twitter, our Patreon. He was on it a couple episodes ago in our five five with the fam segment. Um, he was wondering why why he's not getting so much love, like with all these things that compare him to Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and obviously it's easy to compare him to LeBron James, the way they looked in their first season, and you know, in the national market, it's not quite getting as much pub. And I to him, I said exactly. What I'm going to say right now on the show, we know he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Real basketball watchers and people who pay attention to the game, they know it too. Soon, all the rest of these people will be on board, and I don't care that they are late to this party. Yeah. Because all the people I want to see at this party are already here. <laughs> yes. Hashtag. If you smell what the peach is cooking. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag magic together. Hashtag magic it. together, yeah. Don't get upset about stuff like that. And, and another thing that I don't think people should get upset about is... Whether he's the unanimous rookie of the year or not, he will be rookie of the year. Nonsense. Don't let a couple of other guys from Utah ruin this this moment. It's a good time. Don't get caught up in all that little little shit. Everyone's eventually going to be on board and know about it. It's okay if they don't know right now. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know. We aren't even in the playoffs, by the way. Yeah. So we'll make our mark down the road, and people will start to learn. And then they'll look foolish for not having known we know now. So, yeah. Congrats, Paula. Play that full house, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next is the quagmire, the unicorn, the bowler coaster, the bowl, bowl, train, train. It's been a while since that sucker took part and left the station, Peach. Yeah. Um, I gave bowl, bowl, one blue cheese. One blue cheese. You go to a wing spot, you get maybe 10, 12 wings. They come, they give you one little container of blue cheese. It's not enough, Peach. You need at least two containers. Yeah, you're right. So I'm giving them the one out of two containers. All right? It, it, it got something done, but it wasn't quite enough mm. for all my wings. So I'm left wanting. Okay. More blue this cheese. This is great. Thank by the way, you. I love this. This is well done by you. <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> I knew you'd like this analogy. Yeah, You're an good. analogy man. It's very good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, why Why am I left wanting? Because you see the flashes. There's some upside on offense. We've all been on the bowler coaster. We've all been on the bowl, bowl, train, train. But he is just a unique player in that he has the body of a big man, uh, a defensive stopper. He can block shots. He can alter shots. But the majority of his game is on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He likes to shoot. He likes to handle the ball. He's really good in open space, of course. But it's very difficult to hide him on defense. He's looked lost at times in some of our offensive sets, mm-hmm. not contributing in the way that he can. You know, I'm still having a good experience at the restaurant. The wings are good. I know I only had one blue cheese. I had to ask the manager. She politely apologized. She came back right away with another. Oh. So right. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to come to the restaurant again. Right. See, I just usually ration. 
and I use less on each wing that I'd like to make sure that I only use what I've been given. But I want more wing. Right. I want more bowl, bowl, wing, wing. Right. Okay. I can't believe I have to follow this blue cheese thing. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. But yeah, so I am going to come back to the restaurant. I'm willing to have bowl uh, get maybe that last mm. seat on the bench and stick with the team for one more year. There's the option. Yeah. And I'm I'm feeling satisfied with that. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm giving bowl. 10 extra credit points. Stick with me here. Okay. Because I think we've all taken that exam, right? Where like you're going through it. You're like, I'm going to have to come back to that one. I don't know that one. Right. And then you see that extra credit question. And you're like, ooh, I got this. <laughs> and you nailed the shit out of that extra credit. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, man, that's good. 10, 10 points right there. And then you kind of look back and you're like, yeah, I don't. I don't know all those other ones, so I, but I, if I get this extra ten, I could probably still get a seventy-five. I, yeah, I don't I'll need be, it anymore. I'll be all right. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's bowl was extra credit, right? This was not a guy that we expected to. We didn't pay a lot to get him. He kind of just came in, but man, what a benefit he was, and in particular to my fantasy team when you and I split up the teams, as you'll see later. Oh. the difference, honestly, in my win. Is picking up bowl bowl. Okay. Because he put in a lot of points. He led us in block shots. Mm-hmm. He could do a lot of things out there in a like Swiss Army knife kind of way. Not always doing everything super well, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't use a Swiss Army knife to want to cut down a tree, but you could <laughs> probably do it if you hacked at it for a while. <laughs> bowl just there's something there, right? There's a lot of tools in that little knife that you can pull out. So I want to see more and I want to see how he can better fit with the team. I think his defense is should be great, and in certain aspects it is. You know, everyone fears bowl on the three-point line when you see him coming at you because it's hard yeah. to judge. That arm is not a normal arm, right? <laughs> like, you're not ready to... I mean, that's tough to prepare for, but he's easily blown by uh, mm-hmm. out on the perimeter, which is where he likes to play. He is a guard in his dad's body, as I've said before, and he needs to find a way to make that work so right. he can be a legit NBA player. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I've got a big project to do and I go see what's in that tool bag, I like what I see. Yeah. I just think they need to be used a little bit better. It'd be like if I handed you the tools, you know, what kind of house are you going to build? Maybe not as good as like wow. our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was <laughs> a carpenter. And from what I understand, a very good one. I don't know. They don't talk about his carpentry work. It doesn't really come up that much. What if he was just mediocre? He could have been. Could have been just average. <laughs> he could have been like three out of five stars, right? Like made a decent shelf, but couldn't really hang a door. Hey, Zeus's carpentry and contracting. Right. <laughs> three out of five on you. You never hear about that part. And we see we talked about Jesus in a time that wasn't with J.I., so you didn't think we could do it, but we did. <laughs> yeah, I... I guess the offseason is going to be big for for me with Bull. It's like, will he develop uh, more of an ability to guard perimeter players, Mm -hmm. which would make him on the floor more for me, increase his his outside shooting percentage, which would keep him on the floor for me, or honestly, what I hope hope a little bit more, just improve his body control as a big down low. Because, yeah, he doesn't have the LBs to like bang up with larger bigs, but the game nowadays is about positioning. Yep. And if he can kind of figure out where to position his big body and uh, setting screens and not being too wide, which is really difficult for him. But, you know, if he can work on those things and then be around the paint a little bit more to block more shots, contest more things, then that's a bull bull I, I want to have on the team moving forward. Mm. Yeah. Um, but one thing we didn't mention in there is that he needs to learn how to set a pick. Yeah. He's, he is very skinny. 
It's tough um, And it's tough, but he needs to learn how to set a pick because then he has some value in that outer rim game where he can, like, pick and pop and hit a three because he can shoot. And he could yeah. pick and roll because he's very good at finger rolls and around mm-hmm. the basket. He has a very great touch around the basket he that does. is very tough to teach. That's yes. something that's just innate. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he needs to to learn some of the body control stuff, like you're saying, that like make him a more effective player. Now, I, I'm not sure if that happens with us or ever, but it's not it's not a big deal to try it and give it. Should we shot. get him like shoulder pads so that he can set wider screens? Like if he was wearing like a shoulder pad right. that went out like a few inches on either side, would they they probably won't allow that? Just get him like a woman's jacket from the eighties <laughs> yeah, where they were wearing those big pads. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That's our new yeah. uniform. That's that's the rebrand. Everyone wears suit coats with big shoulder pads. <laughs> um, I was gonna make a point about Bull. Oh, you know the the thing is right. He he might need to go somewhere where he can be on the court in games more. Like yeah, I think that's, that's the only problem here. He needs to have a really good summer with our squad, and they need to figure out a way to use him and have him get reps. Right. Because he's in-game. not going to get any better without in-game reps, yeah. I don't think. So yeah. have a good summer. Find a way to use him, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're going to because we have so many other guys in our core that, that can take minutes. So it may not be with us. But Peach and I are split. We're not really sure. We're getting one blue cheese and some extra credit. What do you think about Bowl Bowl? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Did you give him blue cheese and extra credit? I doubt it. All right. Next up, we have the versatile enforcer, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, why don't you go first on this one, Peach? I'm curious to have what you have to say about okay. our boy WCJ. Um, I've given Wendell a satisfactory grade. Okay. Um, I I can't pump him up too much because rebounds are down, and that's what I want to see more of. Hashtag uh, big man shit. Points are up, which is great. Um, but I, I there's some certain games where he disappeared that really made me concerned. Mm. Um, he's got to be at least a ten and ten guy every night, and there were several nights where he was not. Um, and when he is disappearing out there because a bigger guy is pushing him around, it hurts us big time. It, it throws off the whole flow of our offense. And he gets, he seems to lose his confidence early. Like if he doesn't hit a few shots early, sometimes it's just like, well, it's going to be a bad Wendell game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you look at the numbers, 8.8 on the rebounds, that's pretty close to 10. In the 15 points, you like it. It's mm-hmm. satisfactory. It's not, yeah. it's not gold star. Yeah. You know, but it's not see me after class. It's just, you did what we asked you to do pretty much. And I just can't give him the flowers that I'd like to because I just feel like I saw mostly what I saw last year with mm-hmm. improved shooting. Yeah, I it was tough. I also have the same critique with the rebounds down from 10.5 last year to now I lost it, of course, from 10.5 to 8.7. Oh, 8.7. Yeah. So, but, and that's that's troubling. You're right. I agree. He does struggle with some of the larger bigs. But the versatility I think he brings on on defense, he does have some switchability more than mm-hmm. most centers in the league yep. in terms of switching on to guards or smaller players. For sure. He handled himself well out there on the perimeter this year. And and I do I do want to applaud him for that, sir. Yeah, I'm I gave the Bulls two thumbs up on this one. Okay. So it was, you know, ex- I looked at the whole WCJ package, what he's bringing, and maybe this isn't just for the year. This is just WCJ as the player on the team right now and moving forward. Mm. Um, because he, although the rebounding went down, 
we got Paulo Bancaro, who you know we've talked about, and that man can rebound the basketball better than I thought. Sure. I, generally, you know, so he's stealing some of those boards. You know, you got Cole Anthony in there, sure. pesky. But you're right. That's a good point. That that's that's why I'm giving this to the Bulls right now. I think we have four years, fifty million dollar contract, three more years on that, and it's yeah. a descending deal down to ten million dollars a year. You know, three years, three seasons from now. I mean, if you're factoring in that contract, I feel bad giving it satisfactory. No, because I, that that is more than most people are going to get from that type of contract. So, yeah. but I'm trying to just look at it from his overall base of work. But and and the expectations contract. you have for WCJ, because I think right. you you believe in WCJ and how good he can be. Yes. Other than the fact that he went to Duke, I'm trying to live vicariously <laughs> through him. Um, we have similar games. Uh, yes. We like to be bespectacled and protect our corneas. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> I it was it was a, a very good season. It wasn't quite, and we're going to probably touch on this, I had, you know, maybe built up WCJ to be a little bit more than then came through and delivered. I think we're going to talk we about that. We are going to talk about that. I chose him, later. I believe, as the highest scorer on the team this year. Or no, maybe front. I'm not <laughs> sure. But like talking about this guy at the end of last year, I think I was getting a little giddy about it, call, you know, saying 20 and 10. Yeah, we thought he could be that our level first of all-star. And right. Maybe we set the expectations too high. Yes. But, you know, with all that being <clears throat> said, he did increase his efficiency across the board. Most notably, his three-point shot is up to 36%. Um, and he's taken about four of those a game, which is another half of an attempt increase from last year. So if those keep falling, that's been dangerous. It makes the team really dynamic on offense, creates space for Paulo, Franz, anyone who wants to work, Markel, to work in the paint, and you have to respect WCJ at the line more and more. I mean, if that ticks up again... Wow, he is dangerous. I know we want some more big man shit down low. Get getting those boards, WCJ. We know it. Just go beast mode on them. Uh, but I love what we have in WCJ moving forward here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think I don't think at this point we expect him to be our all star or our leading scorer. Mm -hmm. He is a third or fourth option, and he's doing a, depend that well. a dependable so, third or fourth option, and right he's now doing on it on offense. So. Yeah. And and everyone talks about his, uh, you know how he how good he is on defense in terms of his positioning. He mm -hmm. gives up some height, yeah. but he's very good. Yeah, if he was a little taller, he would yeah. be able to guard those bigs a lot of times. But most yeah. of the time, they can just shoot over him. So it's a it's tough. little bit of a mismatch sometimes, which which stinks. But All right. is what it is. Let us know where are you on WCJ. Put it in the comments. Now, oh captain, my captain, our fearless leader, number twenty, right here on the shirt, Markel Fultz. I'm just going to say I gave this man an A. Okay. I gave this man a straight-up A. He's averaging career highs in points, assists, rebounds, steals, field goal percentage. His effective field goal percentage, which, again, incorporates a three-point shot, has increased every year. He's up to over 53% this year. Um, he's in the top 10% in the league in terms of assist percentage. He assisted on nearly 30% of the Orlando Magic made shots, um, almost a third. So that's just the impact. You saw what it was on the floor. When we came back, it was just around that 5-20 and 20 mark. We went around 500 a little over since he came back. That's, that's a huge... That's a huge margin. I wonder what statistic that would be. The plus the war, isn't that the, the war exists in other sports? Does that agree wins above replacement? Yeah. I wonder if that must exist in the NBA. Well, will someone help us out. Put that in the comments. It's got to. What's his war? Cuz I mean, you see it in the in the, in the data there, 5 and 20, you know, what you know what we finished 
that's it's got to be a, a pretty big war, if I'm guessing. I'm surprised you didn't look that fact up. I, I'm that, a that one. In that, that stat is a little bit borderline matter. Yeah, honestly. Well, maybe like while you, why don't you give him some some love? Yeah. Let me know what what did you grade him, and I'll look that ditty up. Well, you know, I wrote down an eleven mm. out of ten. You turned it up. Yeah, I mean, he's he's twenty pounds of good in a five pound bag, he, <laughs> he, and he's letting people know that he's coming to be a name. You have to be like, oh yeah, that guy, right? Like, I'm. He's not a bust anymore. Like, if, if you're one of those people that still hasn't caught up on your Markel Fultz, then you're probably not a Magic fan, because all of us know. Mm-hmm. We're like, this guy is the straw that stirs the drink. And it was seen by when he came back, and he's our floor leader, and he can do so much. And if he makes a mistake, he seems to then recover and get the ball right back. So, like, even his turnovers seem to kind of offset themselves. You know, we talked about it at one point during the year about how he was a positive positive player in the uh, possessions yes um, and, that, and that's that's something that a lot of teams overlook maybe but if you have a guy on the court that's getting you more possessions than than he's costing you well that's that's what you need out of your that's point a winning guy. player that's a winning player <laughs> yeah so I love it for Markel because you know he's had a long road and and injury issues and had a hard time staying on the court and this year, he played most of the year consecutively, even though Dante tried to get him out at the end with a little jinx towards the end of the season about playing, what, 57 games in a row or something? Yeah. Uh, that was but, bad. But, you know, Kel is showing that he's here to stay. He has to be taken seriously. And if he can continue to play that, if he plays that way from day one next year, it will be hard to keep this guy off an all-star team. I I agree. I think he's the key cog on the squad. In his exit interviews, they asked him, you know, what are you working on, you know, next? Uh, when asked about how much the the three point shot is going to factor in moving forward, and he he was very reflective about understanding that that's a barrier for him, but not a barrier in terms of skill. He doesn't. He feels confident he can knock the shot down. Mm-hmm. It was more a barrier of habit, and right. that's kind of what I love. He's like, yeah, I just I get to the paint. You know, right, like right. that's I just have a nose to get to my mid range, get to the paint, distribute the ball. But I'm realizing that I just have to with reps yeah. kind of work around that habit and realize that I can pull <clears throat> up, I can shoot from here and keep doing it. So I I love that answer because get him getting to the paint does so much for us. I don't want you to fight that habit too hard, Markel. Don't yeah. go too hard on that habit. We love it. That's but a good if habit. he's going to be a good three point shooter, that's what we need. So and be interesting to know if I mean. Everyone, we were talking about how the the shot release at the end of the season looked exactly the same as the mid range, mm-hmm. coming off real purdy like, and so he has the confidence to knock it down. He can do it. I mean, he has not played a lot of games consecutively to the point where, like, yeah, I know he was drafted in what 2017, yeah. um, but he hasn't sure. been on the floor long enough to really get the reps. So, I mean, when yeah. He's played. He's been in the NBA that long, but with the amount of time he's missed, he's still got some rookie vibes, you know, or sophomore yeah. vibes or junior vibes. So if he can continue <laughs> to like get better, yes, you know, he's not done. He's not just trying to get back to where he was. He's trying to go over that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this guy was a number one pick for a reason. He had t- truly had something. People saw it, and now we're seeing it here at the NBA level. And there's room for him to grow in the NBA to do even more. So. Yeah, it's it's aces for me for for Markel Fultz. Just a, a great year, um, and if he does it again next year, with everything that we've got going on, I mean, sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, I mean the three point percentage. I was looking it up, thirty eight percent 
I mean, I'm sorry, 31.2%. I wish it was 38%. But that is an increase. has been increasing every single year. So I believe in that consistency. And more than anything, when I think Coach Mosley was asked about Markel, he talked about the joy, the passion mm -hmm. that he brought to this team, that he invigorated the squad with, and the level of confidence that he had that kind of disseminated throughout this young squad when he came back onto the floor. He really pushes this group to get better. I think, you know, he's one of, he, I'm so happy to have him as one of the leaders bringing that competitive edge. Mm -hmm. And you see it just playing out. And when anytime he, he has a turnover, that competitive edge kicks in and he just, he, he won't allow it. So he now a lot, a lot of guys, like if they get blocked or the ball gets stolen from him, will then go back and make a dumb foul trying to get the ball back. Yeah. He doesn't do that. No. He just gets it back or, yeah. or makes them make a mistake. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious because I'm drinking the Markel Fultz Kool-Aid. How is everyone feeling out there? The, the the opinion is split a little bit in the Magic community at times, I find. Mm. Just because of the three-point shot. Some people feel like you need a point guard to be able to have a three-point shot, like in upwards high 30s, you know, someone that is a threat from there. We'll see. Do you think Markel Fultz can be that? Or is his game stay the same and he's still starting point guard no matter what for you? Mm. Questions. I, I couldn't imagine people not being on board with Markel Fultz, but you're right. There are some people out there who are doubters who think he needs to be changed out, and, and I say, I, I don't know what more you, you really want. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> okay, well, let's let's continue on the guards here, because next in the alphabet is uh, Mr. Gary Harris. Mm -hmm. Gary Harris, I've given him three out of five stars. Okay. Um, he's the guy in our starting lineup that won't be in the starting lineup next year. Um, I think that whoever we draft is probably going in that spot. Um, he just saw a big downturn from last year. Um, <clears throat> I know he played some less games, but just he didn't. He had no scoring pop this year. Um, his defense was like still that. there, but his scoring pop just fell away. Like you'd look at our stats at the end of the game, and you see all of our starters in double figures. Gary Harris, three, four, five. It's like. We need some more scoring out of the, out of that starting two guard. But he's supposed to be a three and D guy, but he just wasn't really shooting the three ball this year, and it just, I don't know. It was it was weird because I, and then a lot of times down the stretch he wouldn't be in the game at the end of the game because we would go with Suggs or Cole or whoever was hitting or, or change it up, and and I kind of felt like they should have put Suggs in that starting spot towards the end of the season, just so you can get some reps in there and, and let him see see what he can do. It, I don't. I'm not so sure what Gary's contract is, or if he's coming or going. But it's a it's a team option. He seems year. like the kind of guy that may not be back with us next year. Yeah, but he's still a very good defensive player, and I think he's a better offensive player than that. But you know, the lack of games he was in, maybe he didn't get enough rhythm. I don't know. I was shocked to see that he only played 48 games, but he did start 42 of them. So he's get he was getting minutes and just not really delivering in that department. So. It's uh, it's a it's a B plus for me. It's a B plus for me for Gary Harris. I think he met my expectations, but now the expectations are higher. That's good. Like last year, he was just sitting in the corner making some shots. That's right. all we really needed him for. We've elevated the team. Now we're looking for some playmaking off the dribble from that two guard. You know, we're looking for a little bit more, mm -hmm. a little bit more uh, dynamic play from Gary and. 
He might be able to be that. It's just one more year, non-guaranteed, uh, $13 million. So, you know, he's a veteran. He's, okay. making, he's making a good amount of money. But we certainly have the space if we want to bring him back. And if we're going to just kind of run this team back in itself, if that's the front office decision, then it might make sense to just pick that up, have him in the locker room. Yeah, I think Jalen will probably usurp him um, as the starting guard, as a starting two guard. Yeah. He's going to have to accept more of a bench role, I think, if he stays on. It seems like he's cool with that. I mean, his usage went down, as you might expect, this year to only 11% of the possessions where he was ending them, down from 15%, 20%. His usage has gone down and down here in Orlando, and you haven't ever heard of him you know, making a muck or talking about his role. Anytime right. you hear Gary Harris yeah. talks, he seems to love the team, the coach. Yeah. Like he, se- he seems very happy, so if... You know he's going to be around. I, I still dig having him on the squad. Even I mean, is somebody he, else going to give him more than thirteen mil next year? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. And it's still a very tradable contract. If at the end, you know, halfway through the year, I think we're a competing team. So I don't know why where else you would want to go if you're trying to get a championship or anything. But he could be a piece. Well, he to may move. not be getting minutes. Yeah, that's true. Could be a minutes thing. You're absolutely right. His points went down, but his efficiency. If I'm looking at it here, his effective field goal percentage went up, and talking about his three point percentage went up this year. So he's getting he's just getting more, less bites of the apple. You know, the the team isn't running sets for Gary Harris, which may be partly our offense. We want to feature other guys, or maybe it's just partly Gary Harris's skill set. He doesn't have some of those things. We've seen him running off screens. I think he can be more for this team, but. Will he need to be, or you know? I, I mean, we don't really ask a lot of him. He's yeah. the fifth option out there, but it's just weird to get like that little pr- out of your starting shooting guard. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's yeah. For we, a twenty-two win team, it's fine, but mm-hmm. for where we're trying to go, yeah, it's not. Need more production. So, but you got to have some guys in there not scoring the ball when you got Paulo Bencaro, Franz Wagner. No, Mark everyone can score. All right. <laughs> Now that I've learned that everyone can score in basketball, let's move on to a guy who didn't do much of it, Caleb Houston. Mm. Um, I just give him meh. That was just that's my rating. Meh. Meh. It's two hands. Just I don't know. Yeah. Meh. They're they're not. Th- they could form into a thumb maybe at some point, but they're just meh right now. Right. Um, he's on this uh, three year. Four-year contract, $8 million a year, but year three uh, is non-guaranteed, and year four is a club option. So really, it's next year, um, Mm -hmm. next season, and then Caleb could be parting ways. Young man, uh, shooting 33% from three. That's the skill that he's going to bring. Saw he can be a solid team defender, but never really pops off as an on-ball defender. Uh, with that type of skill set, he is sneaky with motion off the ball, which you gotta love. Yep. Um, but again, there was only a couple times when he would pop. It's gonna be. I'm mad on this because I just don't see him. I don't see him cracking these very rare lineup spots that we're gonna have now, and getting getting on the floor. And that's the biggest thing. You know, how are these guys gonna get on the floor? If you're gonna get a good rating from me, it's gonna mean because you're gonna be fighting for minutes and. Right now, Caleb is just kind of, meh, I don't know. Yeah. Don't yeah, I, I wrote down, see me after class. Oh, um, that's which, never a good thing. Well, it's it's 
it doesn't seem like a good thing if you're the student and you get it, but yeah. it does mean that the teacher cares about you enough to try to figure out this issue. They're not just giving That's you true. an F and throwing you back into the system, correct? Yeah, you're right. No, and I definitely keep students sometimes and give them positive feedback, so sure. let me retract that statement. So, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to yeah. sit them down and just be like, hey, man, a lot of guys have trouble shooting the long ball when they make the adjustment from college to the pros. Mm-hmm. You know, you're here on a decent contract. You're going to work on this over the summer, and hopefully you can become the shooting, you know, yeah. Threat that we dude need. that we need. Yeah, uh, he wasn't it this year. He he was very meh, as you said to me when I'd see him on the court. He wasn't spectacular on defense. He wasn't impressing me on offense. Those are the two things that mess him <laughs> off. <laughs> like I, I mean, it, I mean, he wasn't awful. No, but he wasn't standing out either. He yeah. wasn't being like, oh, who was that? Gilmore. Oh, Caleb Houston. Yeah. All right, buddy. You know, like he needs to maybe just get more reps. I know he played well when he played down with Lakeland. That's true. Um, and Osceola and th- now. And I think having an off season with our team, we'll be able to have him work on his three point shooting a little bit. And because, like you said, he is pretty decent on motion, like getting yes. going to find himself. But he's not a reliable three point shooter, so we're not really adding that to our offensive attack right now. But if he becomes a better three point shooter, we'll that will demand mm-hmm. that we add him as that off the bench, which yeah. I think is probably the ceiling he should be looking for next year is to try to be. A bench guy that could come in and get like 15 minutes a game and be a reliable three-point shooter off the bench But there's still time for him first season 20 years old Yeah, six eight. I mean you love the size because he can he can guard the wing position um, Yeah, 34% from three in your rookie year isn't bad. Yep So I mean if you can get that up to like 37 38 percent and working on it He didn't get a lot of attempts 2.7 a game. He's scoring 3.8 points, but there there could be something there You know, I think he's he seems, again, to have the right mentality. Jeff and John have done a, a really good job bringing in young men who seem really driven and focused. As you say, if he doesn't, if he lives in the gym this summer, who knows? Who right. knows? He, he could make an argument for some time. I just don't know exactly where it's coming from. I mean, remember some of the great three-point shooters from college. Uh, mm-hmm. J.J. Redick is one. He did not make he – no. he was not good his him, first few seasons. Yeah, it took him a while to years. get to dial in. And I see that when I see Caleb Houston. So I feel like it's too early to put a definitive grade down there yet. Speaking of someone who's not getting a grade, Jonathan Isaac, I am not talking about injured players. Peach, I abdicate my time to the gentleman from Vermont. Yeah, um, I I wrote down incomplete. Um, You haven't shown us that you can do anything. So this is an incomplete. You're going to have to repeat the grade. yeah. At this point, it, 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 it might expel him. Yeah, he's. I, I'm kind of leaning that way. One strike you know? left. Like I'm not telling him to see me after class because I don't really feel like having a pep talk with him. Like, you've I, given him so many. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you, you've done all you can for this child. <laughs> yeah. Now leave me alone. Go be somebody else's problem. <laughs> Damn, ain't that how it works? <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. Are we, are we too hard? Do you have something to say about Jonathan Isaac? You can leave it in the comments. All right. Yeah. The the games he played, he played well. He definitely has a nose for defense. Mm-hmm. That is reason to give you excitement. It's it's a natural but gift. Bottom yeah. line, I don't care if you have Michael Jordan gifts. If you can't stay on the court, I, I Zion Williamson, another one. Like I don't even know if he's good. I feel like I've seen him play two or three games in my life. Like I, he never plays. The, so the greatest, at some point, the guys have to play. The greatest ability is availability. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go on to a man who unfortunately wasn't available for much of the year. Chuma Okeke, mm. the player formerly known as Okiki. 
I'm giving them a farewell package. Oh. I'm, I'm, you know, court cousins. We do the the prize pack giveaways. Peace. You you kind of normally headline those. You you take those. You you put some thought and energy into them. It's very nice. I mean, if you, if we ever do a prize package, you want to get involved because Peach takes some time on these things. He, he's selecting the the magic players, both current and and former, for the cards, stickers. There's shirts, hats. I mean, you're doing a good little German flags. You know. It's very nice. It's a nice package that I'm giving Chuma. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. But it is a farewell package. And this is very sad. This is sad for me. I've had many a conversation, especially shout out to Yachty out there. We we were I've I've been a Chuma stan. I think that you can look back in the early episodes mm-hmm. and catch a lot of Chuma love coming from this guy right here. Yep. Myself. Yep. So this is with a heavy heart that I do this. We exercised uh, the team option for next year. So he is making 5.2 mil next year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's a restricted free agent in the summer following. So we'll have an option to either resign or allow him to go into free agency. I imagine if things don't change, he goes into free agency. He's been kind of on the decline really since his rookie year almost. Although last year it was all right. Uh, he averaged 4.7 points this year. Um, on 56% effective field goal percentage, 30% from three, which was his lowest mark yet. And that number has been going down since his rookie year where he shot nearly 35%. So I'm just seeing some regression, not seeing the pop in Chuma that we used to see, the off the ball, the tenacity. He doesn't seem to have that dog in him when he's out on the court that you could see come out from time to time. Everyone loves him in the locker room, funniest guy on the team, but we're going to miss him. I just don't see him around. So here's your farewell package, sir. I'm going to miss you, Chuma. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that he played 27 games. So he didn't really get to do a lot. But yeah, he, he has nothing He has nothing to offer offensively. Uh, last year, there were some times where, part, as part of the bench unit, he was key, right? Yeah. He was shooting, he would shoot the three, mm-hmm. he was extending the defenses. And he was doing that bench unit was hot for a while, and he the, was he was a big part of and it. And he'd be on the court at the end of the game. Yeah, sometimes he would because his defense was that good. Yep, that I could warrant him being out there. But this year, yeah, definitely a big step up and or a step down. And I know that he didn't play a ton of games, but even when he came back, I thought Mose was going to mix him right back in the lineup, and I'm kind of glad he didn't. Yeah, but like, why didn't he? You know, that, that was very telling to me. Like, he didn't find a spot there. for him in there. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's more of, you know, he's not 100%. I don't know. But you're right. He didn't really even crack the lineup when he was available. Mm-mm. No. And it was that, to me, that's not a great sign of your future here. So I think uh, Coach Mose is helping kind of prepare him with the farewell package you're putting together. A gentleman who has done quite the opposite, and his play is really earning him upward and onward, is that guy Jalen Suggs who I am bestowing four out of five loons upon. All right? Four out of five loons. I'm going to put them up on the screen right now so you can see them because you're probably like, what is that if you were me? It's the Minnesota State Bird, ladies and gentlemen. And also as we appears know, on the coins of Canada. Oh, this is true. Loony. Is that the dollar? Oh, it's a dollar, right? A loony? I think it's maybe the $2. Oh. No, 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 no. It's the one. It's the one. You Canadians <laughs> out there getting freaky with your $2 coins. Love Canada. <laughs> So our mili- our uh, beloved Minnesotan, Jalen Suggs, I mean, he talked about in his exit interviews just 
trying to find his way back into the team in terms of the consistency of minutes and getting reps with consistent guys and how it's how important that's been for him now getting towards the end of the year uh and and coach Mosley exit echoed that in his exit interview talking about just both physically and mentally the consistency and health for Jalen Suggs have been the most important important thing mm. his points went down but so did his usage you know he wasn't featured as much as he was last year so that's kind of to be expected but um, what went up was all his other efficiency metrics mm. and turnovers were down so that was my biggest worry for Jalen moving forward is when we were kind of forcing him into that point guard role at last year um, there were some you know head scratchers some turnovers where he was out of control mm -hmm. just kind of seemed to be moving faster than his mind and that is down. We're not seeing that as much anymore. We're seeing him kind of settle in to what appears to be a better role for him, which is a two guard, but a playmaking two guard. He's not. He can still do things on the, off the dribble. So that time as point guard may really help his development long term. Uh, but yeah, effective field goal percentage up to nearly fifty percent from three, which was, I mean, last year. I'm gonna don't tell anyone. 21.4% last year. We're not going to talk about that. And mm. this year, this year from three, 32.7. Like 33%, Better. you know? Yeah, mm. so like that's getting solid. And the shot looks good. Like I'm co confident in the shot. His base looks square. I mean, it, it all looks good coming out. So I, I'm thinking that's going to continue to improve. Um, and what he brings on defense. Mm -hmm. So he's getting four out of five loons from okay. me. I've given him a B plus. Okay. And I'll tell you what, I want to give him an A. But I want to tell Jalen Suggs I'm giving him a B plus. Mm. Because that is going to motivate the shit out of him. You do this. Yes. <laughs> He's going to be like, B plus, B plus. Give me the ball. Give me my shoes. I'm getting B plus. You know, he's going to yeah. be mad. Yeah. And I want that because yeah. I like it when he gets fired and he does that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, he's a bad motherfucker. Last year he played 48 games. This year, 53. So only five more. Definitely love to see him out there healthy a lot more. But <clears throat> he's improving. He's getting better. I think he's one of the players that's making that transition from the three ball with college, like we talked about with Caleb Houston, mm -hmm. where now he just looks more comfortable with it. So that's great. And I see <clears throat> I see him going up. The only, th the only thing that it does concern me for Jalen Suggs is, depending on who we add in the offseason, yep. I'm not sure what min minutes Suggs is going to get. So if he doesn't get enough minutes... Is he gonna improve or just stay the same? Is that okay? Yeah, I, I you know, Dep whatever. depending on what picks we get, you know, that's what it will come down to. If we are in the range that we think we're gonna be, there's a lot of like wings and guards, or a lot of guards mm -hmm. really too. Mm -hmm. I just can't see any of these rookie guards coming in and supplanting Jalen Suggs for minutes right now. Maybe not on opening day. But yeah, maybe down the road. Maybe, so. but he has the ch he definitely has the chance. He's earned it to be a name that has to be in the rotation. His defense is too good to warrant not being in there. Um, and as long as he keeps making the most of it. He'll force Mosley to keep him on the court more. But he needs to stay healthy to be a consistent part of the rotation. Because all these times he comes and goes out, feels like we have to try to wedge him back into the rotation. And there's right. always a little bit of weirdness at that time. But yep. I loved what I saw. And honestly, it'd probably be an A- minus if I wasn't trying to motivate him. So, <laughs> Jalen sucks. B+. Plus. <laughs> it is now on to the, the Wunderkind. Franz Wagner should put on the week for this one. 
Put on Hans uh, Gunter and what's my name? What's my ger- German court cousin's name? Gunter. I'm Gunter. Yep. And you're uh, Uwe. Uwe. That's right. Uwe Blub. So um, I gave Franz five out of five steins of brew. Okay. Of beer. Yep. Um beer. Because there are more types of beer in Germany than anywhere in the world. Is that a real fact? It is now. You heard it on court cousins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can't say enough about the German sensation, the Wunderkid. Uh, he went up in points and assists this year, and he went up in efficiency in all of his mark uh, markers. Um, his non-corner threes, which is a shot that he really likes. He likes it at the top of the arc of that three-point shot, went up to 36%, that top of the curve three, which he really likes. He's see, We've seen that step back come in more and more. Haven't seen the Dirk as much as we like, but he's got the Euro step, both hands off the glass. He... Always is finishing around around the rim. It's just, it, it's only good things for me from Franz Wagner. Um, I can't say enough good stuff about this gentleman. Yeah, agreed. I, I wrote two. I know you did this one earlier for somebody else, but I, I did two thumbs up for Franz. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have a sophomore slump. Yeah. Not so with Franz. Nope. Um, he excelled and got better. Um, like I think that happens with a lot of European players. Honestly, it seems like they don't have that sophomore slump quite as much. It seems like they always get better in their second or third year. Uh, I don't know if that's because of the way they play ball growing They've up like or played what. Pros they played before, pro before, not, yeah. so it's not so it's crazy to them. But yeah, it, it was definitely great that he didn't take any kind of step back. He definitely emerged just one of our main men on offense 18.6 from 15.2 is, is a great improvement in the second season especially with the amount of points that Paulo is putting up um you could have seen his right he could have easily had 15.2 again and we w- wouldn't have maybe questioned it because you know other guys are raising their game but here he is stepping up doing everything he needs to do traveling <laughs> no, <laughs> even though it's called no. the Euro step, no, he's but not. he gets away with it, so it's all good. I want to see him form a relationship with the referees who seem to give him absolutely no love. Yeah, it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But sometimes European players they whine and they they get upset and they they don't get on the good side of the refs. And for some reason, he's not on their good side. So he needs to have his uh, assistant send those referees some uh, some flowers and chocolates and just let them know that hey, consider Franz Wagner for foul calls. Uh, when I drive to the lane and go off glass because I'm getting fouled. Yeah, he's getting hacked all over. You can see it. He's pasty just like me, so he's like scratched up by the end of the game. There's at least two times per game where he gets fouled. There's no call. He, of course, bitches about it. And, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, he bitched. We got to give him the foul call. You know, they only do that for Braun. Mm-hmm. So he needs to up his status, make some all-star games Yes, uh, before you start to get that kind of cred. But he needs to just uh, zip it a little bit and realize that th- that stuff will come. Yeah. Paulo's getting it pretty early, which yes. is probably part of why he's so frustrated. Here's right. a guy in his first season just getting all the calls, and I'm getting nothing. So maybe Paulo's taking too many calls, actually. Maybe they should split those a little bit and just make it more even, because Paulo's getting away with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he has not fouled on a lot of those shots he takes. But, but he, he just draws so much contact, I, I think, as opposed to Franz, who's kind of he's wiry like he'll yeah. move around the contact and he mm-hmm. does that well paulo kind of seeks the contact it's a little different yeah, in the ways true. that they play um considering their stature is so so similar being six ten guys um yeah you know as you say franz here's a stat you'll hate this is the percentage of a player's shot attempts he was fouled on um that's 11.3 percent it's you know still top half of the league but it's low it's very low it is top half of the league it's in the 66 percentile okay so he's in, you know, the 34th percentile in terms of drawing fa- how many of his shots draw fouls. 
But, you know, his usage was down. But I mean, his usage was up this year, which is something that I hear a lot of fans, uh, you know, talking about. I want to see the ball in Franz's hands more. I want to see the ball in Franz's hands more. Yeah. The numbers show that he actually did. He had a higher usage by three and a half percent this year. Yeah. So he did have the ball in his hand to end more possessions this year than last. Is 3.5%, 3.3% enough for Magic fans? Right. Sometimes we want we want a little bit more fourth quarter fronts. There were definitely some times last year when we didn't have Paulo as an option, where it's like, why is the ball not touching? We need a bucket. Why is the ball not touching the hands of Franz Wagner at some point? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't run a play for him to be a decoy either. He just isn't part of the play, and that can't happen. But right. it didn't this year. So even with adding Paulo, it didn't diminish his usage. So that's fantastic, and that's why it's two thumbs up. Do you think Franz is uh, like good enough in terms of him being next to Paulo? Are those two guys good enough for you in terms of being a, a one and two or a one a two one a one b for a championship run? If you see them getting developing into that, like, or to be at least a stalwart in the East for years to come? I think so. Yeah, um, I, I think I think they are, but we need to have other good pieces around them because I don't think. Franz is going to be a 30 points a game scorer. Paulo could be. Yeah, but with the foul drawing. Yeah. Unless Franz starts to get I was going to say, and if he starts to get the fouls, then maybe. But, you know, we've always kind of been a balanced attack team. So right. we want, you know, a lot of guys to eat instead of just one or two to get over that hump. So, yeah, I think I think those are – they're one and two right now, and it, it, they've only played, you know, two seasons for Franz, one for Paula. So it's hard for me to give my 100% concrete stamp uh, lock. But – That's the fun thing about young players. They look good. Yeah, you know, we're, they're just on the upswing right now. We don't know when it's going to kind of find level. You know, mm-hmm. when is there? Yeah, when right. is the exponential growth? When's the growth going to kind of stop? And they're like, "This is my ceiling. This is the the sure. NBA player that I am, and this is what I'm going to be." I mean, Paulo could regress in his second season. Oh uh, yeah, well, that's and, a possibility. And, and we could have some rookie that comes in that that lights it up as a new shooting guard. He so just, you never know. Yeah, you never know. But the about the mindset, I feel like I do know. Like I feel like there's no way that Paulo doesn't get better. Yeah, I mean, you'd yeah. like to think so. And, mm-hmm. and with what. Basically, your question was, do you think these two guys can be the top two guys yep. on a team that's going to be a stalwart in the East? And I say yes. Mm-hmm. They're two guys that people, want. I think, want to come in and play with. They see what we're building here, and that's what you need. And they're durable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Franz played 79 games last year, played 80 this year. He would have played more last year, except they pulled him off the court. So I was not happy about that. I love his durability. Yep. I know it's important to him to be out there. Yeah. Paula missed a stint, but he seems like he's going to be able to hold up. Yeah. <laughs> the last of the players and the the second of the Wagners. All right, let me go first here because I see you've got a number up, so I need yeah. to, need you to readjust this number. Okay. <clears throat> so grades in Germany, yes, actually go from one to six. Okay. And one is like an A, uh-huh. all the way down to like fives and six are failing and, and they're okay. no good. <laughs> so I've given Moritz a one in attitude. Okay. I've given him a two in skill. Okay. And I've given him a three in consistency. Got it. Um, wow. I know it's three different grades, but with a man who comes on the court and sometimes is just a, you know, doesn't play, but sometimes comes in and scores 20 points easily and is dunking on people and is mm-hmm. a factor, he's all over the place. He's a roller coaster of a human. But I like what I see when he gets minutes and he plays, unless he's just trying to get in somebody's, be a burr in somebody's bonnet for no reason. 
Um, and sometimes he lets that distract him from doing his thing. But if he came in with consistency on the attitude and skill that I know he has, he would be in our, our regular rotation without yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of guys we were trying to get a look at and see here and there, and I think that hurt his minutes. But it's hard to complain about what he's done when he's gotten them. No, I, I would agree. I gave him 3.5. I, I got to keep it consistent with the brother. I'm not trying to have any type of you know, interkin feuding uh, because of me. So I, I kept the same meter. I'm talking about steins of beer. And out of five, I'm giving Franz, or I'm sorry, Moritz, come have three and a half steins with me. You know, you're kind of like, you're out. He's had three. He's your buddy who can kind of get weird on the sauce. He's like, come on, man, let me have another. You're like, nah, dude, but here, take some out of my glass. Oh, man. That's I, the half. Yeah, I don't, I don't that's think, the half I don't that think he he's going to go for that. Yeah, that's <laughs> He's going to be like, I only drink in full beers. Yeah, in Das Boots, only Das Boots. But I'm sorry I'm giving him a, a three and a half. Talking about seeing players kind of get to their level, I think Moritz is kind of at his level. I think we kind of see the player that he's going to be. You know, he's a tenacious kind of gritty down low player who can you know step out and hit the three with some regularity nice uh uh, shot fake and can get to the the lane off the dribble but i don't know how much more there is for moritz in terms of his growth and and his ceiling so I think that the best bet is to keep the wagners together because that synergy Mm. they have when their powers combine They make a really dynamic duo. I think the best version of Moritz Wagner is with Franz, and I think the best version of Franz Wagner is with Moritz. So I hope we can all raise our steins and drink as many beers as, as we'd like. Screw the out of five. Because <laughs> I'd like to have the Wagners around. And now... Um, I agreed, yeah. Um, Mama Wagner is a, is a fan of the show. She's a second yeah, cousin. I, so I, I keep... Fe- There's certain guys that like... I could fear, I fear Moritz not being on our team at some point and being that guy on the other team that drops 25 on us. Yeah. Because you know he will. He can. <laughs> he yeah. Can. Oh, and he holds us a grudge. You yeah, know, la- I mean, last year he was our leading scorer in like 12 games. It was yeah. bananas. <laughs> He's capable. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, all right. So last year, uh, episode 26, right before the season, mm-hmm. we did a starter backup bench. Yes. Where we talked about who we thought our top scorer was going to be who the most impactful defensive player was going to be. And we had a bunch of teams that had made the play-in the year before, Mm -hmm. and we talked about whether they were going to be in, play-in, or played out. Okay. So this is this kind of makes sense to look back at this now and see how we did on that show. Oh, yeah. Some good and some some bad, but, you know, I feel like for the most part we were in the neighborhood. Okay. How'd it go? Take us back in time, Peach. So for the top scorer of the year, um, I took Paulo. Yes, you nailed that. As the starter. And then second, I went with Wendell. Mm. And then third, I went with Franz. Yes. This is part of the narrative we talked about earlier where we really had high hopes for Wendell because well, you selected Wendell as your starter. Top scorer, yeah. For top scorer. And then Franz as second, which was correct. Yes. He did, he did have an uptick, which you said in the show. You thought he was going to take a leap forward. And then you had Cole as the as the, as the the bench guy, which, you know, he had 13 Follow points disrespect. He, he was the untested rookie, Yeah, to be fair. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I myself. hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was hard to know exactly what you were going to get, but um, I think at that point we had seen Summer League, so I was kind of like, oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. If it, if it was after Summer League, that's kind of on me, and that's a, my bad. <laughs> my bad, Paulo. I didn't know how much of a G you was going to be, but I'm happy. Remember that hug I gave you earlier in the show? Right. We're boys. 
then then when we talked about who the most impactful defensive player of the year would be, what's very interesting about this is the three gentlemen that we selected as options. Yes. It was J.I., Suggs, and Chuma. <laughs> well, those are very impactful. Those can be very impactful defensive players. At the beginning of the year, Chuma was looking like it. Sure. And then... Suggs came back, wasn't quite right. When J.I. came back, we're all right. thinking, whoa. And we thought J.I. was going to be back at the beginning of the season at that point. Right. We kind of expected him to be back sooner. Yeah. So I went with Suggs as my starter. My backup was Chuma, and on bench was J.I. So you nailed it then, in a way. <laughs> I guess I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and I came out, I bet I put J.I. as my starter. You had J.I. as the starter, yeah. and then Chuma, and then Suggs. Wow. On the bench. Wow. <laughs> See? I told you how much I've I've come on the, on the Chuma train, exactly. man. Exactly. I I just offered him a farewell package today. I still can't even believe myself. Thought this man was going to be our... He's, you know, sometimes maybe, you got to move on. That's what happens with Orlando Magic fans. Sometimes they fall in love with these guys. Yeah, I'm not going to name, name names, but there's too many guys that we've fallen in love with. Yeah. It's like, they aren't them. So let them go. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, we wish them well, though. Yeah, wish them well. Yeah. It's not a negative thing. It's no. just like, hey, we're trying to win some NBA games here. We're sick of getting pushed around all the time and being in the lottery like... We're trying to win championships. <laughs> so then uh, the final thing we did in this segment uh, was all the teams that had made the um, the play-in, the okay. four teams that had made the play-in tournament, which was the Cavs, Nets, Hawks, and Hornets mm. um, in the East. And okay. we talked about whether they were going to be in for sure next year, in the play-in again, or played out. Okay. Um, and Interesting. for the East, uh, I went with the Cavs as in. Which okay, is correct. Yes, that is correct. And then I went with the Nets in the play-in, which they just missed it. They're in the sixth spot. But they were in though, so that's good that you had them there. In. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I went with the Hawks and the Hornets played out, but the Hawks are in there. Yeah, did make it. They make it through the play-in and made it through. But we were, and we both had the Hornets out completely because you had the Hornets out. Mm-hmm. You had the Hawks and Nets as your play-in, and you had the Cavs in as well. So we kind of knew the Cavs were on the uprise. Okay. Um, and we kind of we kind of got that right, I feel. Okay. The, uh, and you even said that you're like, well, the Nets are like a wild card because at the time Durant had asked for a trade. Yeah. So we were kind of expecting those guys to not be there, which did happen by the end of the season. <laughs> but they had done so well up to that point that they hung on to that sixth seed and avoided the play-in. So we were pretty close. Yeah. See, I get something right sometimes. Then in the West... The teams were the Wolves, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Spurs that had made the plan, which wow. amazed me when I heard it, because as you all know, the Spurs stink, and we both put them on our plate out. The and Spurs we that we lost to, you mean? Yeah. So we put the Spurs on the plate out, and we were both correct on that one. Yeah. Um, I went with the Clippers uh, for plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had the Clippers at the plan, and also the Wolves. Okay. They did so, get the plan. They were in the plan this year, right? Yep. They were in the plan, so you got that. And I had the Pelicans is in. And then you had the Pelicans as in, I had the Pelicans as in, and I wow. also had the Wolves as in. Well, yeah, I could see so. the Wolves. I, I thought I put the Wolves in, honestly. I was high on them last year. Didn't I have them I devalued the Clippers, Memphis? but you were you were big on the Clippers, I remember, at one yes. point. Well, you got Kawhi and Paul George, two great scorers. But but they ended up with like the fifth best record in the West, right? So yeah. mean, they still had a good season. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk about who we think is going to do well this season. Right now, as we get into some vets. Eh? Let's do it. <laughs> So how do you want to lay this out? Can we go right into our bet our our brackets? Well, no, we got to talk about the results from last time, and then play. Okay. The, you'll play the shootout. Okay. And the belt will exchange hands. Sounds right? good. Like get rid of the old stuff first. So yeah, the bet the bet results uh, from last time. We had a minutes battle. 
set up to see who would get more minutes down the stretch. Team Goga Bowl mm. or Team Moritz and Caleb. You took ah. you took Team Moritz and Caleb. Yep. And you lost one seventy one to one forty. It was close. I think it's get wacky at the end of the season. So Goga carried for you, man. Because Bowl didn't get many minutes. Goga's dog, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bowl played like thirty six minutes or something in that last game, though. Oh, okay. So that last that... game really skewed these numbers for both of us. Okay. Um. Then uh, we had Mark L. Fultz to get fifteen points. I took the over and lost. Fultz wow. only averaged 12 points in the few games that he played. Yeah, it was only a couple games. These guys not playing is really what I think really kind of hurt some of these numbers. Definitely. Uh, then we had Cole points, also set at 15. Kyle took the over and won. Cole mm. averaged 15.333 repeated. That Cole. Just barely getting it done. That away, Cole. And then Paulo, 20-point games. Uh, you set the line pretty high at 3.5. I thought he yeah. was going to finish the year strong, but he he played. He did. He had one 20-point yeah. game and then didn't play anymore. Right. So so I was out on that one. And then our fantasy teams. This is this is big. This is from the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, we we did a fantasy draft of all the players on our team. And uh, here are the results. Look at Peach getting did, all this data. I did lots of math. All these maths. I mean, to be Fall fair, to you, buddy. To be fair, I you know set up algorithms in here, and so I could plug oh. the numbers in, and it would do all the math for right, me. Right, but right, right, right. Just made it a regardless. Software. We put yep. it together, um, <laughs> and I I included the stats for guys like R.J. Hampton and uh, Terrence Ross on their new teams. It was wow. we, we got this guy for the season. Okay, right. So uh, in the points department. Peach took that one. Uh, and again, this is in large part to Bull Bull, who I picked up as a late-round pick here. And he produced some sick numbers. He also led the team in blocks. So I won the blocks, rebounds, and points stats. And you won the assist stats and the steal stats because you had Mark L. Fultz, Jalen Suggs, yeah. Gary Harris. Yep, yep. Um, so you could kind of see the way those teams are going. You had Jay out on your team, which I think kind of hurt you numbers-wise, like total-wise, mm -hmm. uh, just because he did not. Play, play. but again, same can be said. Again, for, I mean, I had Chumo Kiki on my team. He did not play a lot of games this year, um, so and, and R.J. Hampton barely played for us. So. Maybe you should think about a name switch back, hmm? <laughs> like a name switch back. Oh, go back. Yeah, it didn't go great. No, that's, <laughs> a, a switch back could be oh Kiki. But uh, yeah, so I won that three to two, but that's still only one. You won three of the bets, and I only won two of the bets. So we're going to do the shootout. You have selected. We will do Beer Pong. studio after that grueling, grueling affair. Um, your many years of college definitely helped you yeah. out in this game. See that? that was a wise selection by yeah. you. I only have some college, so right. that's why I That's struggled. why. That's the only thing I learned But also your advantage was the two cups, but yes. you didn't really need it. Didn't need it. I think you won, what, four? To, I four. think I had four left at the yep. end. So, Well done, sir. Hold on, the belt dude. is back to your side. 
And there, there it is. Yeah! Those of you out there who doubted the red lettuce, this one is right for your face. All right? I love my doubters. I feed off my doubters. This puppy's going to stay here all summer long, Peach. You just have to look at it and just be jealous while I hang out with it and it's over my shoulder. Well, we'll see about that. Our, our final bet. For the summer, as of okay. right now, maybe we'll come up with some other ways to get give this. Maybe you know, maybe we'll do a trivia. Or Spruce something it like up that. a little maybe bit. We'll do some other thing at some point. But the next one mm-hmm. is going to be decided on who does the best with their their predictions bracket. for okay. the NBA bracket. So uh, why don't we start in the why don't we start in the East? Because I feel okay. like the East is, by the way, looking pretty similar from both of us. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in that first game, I've got uh, Milwaukee. In four, I have them dog walking Miami. Miami, I can't even believe they got in watching some of those playing games. They, wow. Yeah, Chicago, I, also, I also have Milwaukee in a sweep there. Okay. And then I've got uh, Cleveland in six. Now, to be fair, we've already watched the first game. It's already happened. The Knicks have already won one, but I think it's fool's gold. I think it's a wake-up call for Cleveland. I think they win the series. I agree. I also have them in six. Uh, I think I have them in six as well. Yeah, which could still happen, but the Knicks definitely showed some fight in game one. But that's the one you steal. That's the one the lesser opponent steals. Sometimes we've. I mean, our Vucevic team. We went into Milwaukee and got one. Mm-hmm. We went into Toronto and got one, yep. and then we didn't win again. Right. So I, I think that's a little bit of fool's gold. Okay. Uh, Philly in four over the Nets. Ooh, four. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, don't think I picked anybody else to win four. I'll go gentleman's sweep most of the time. So I feel I good about the Philadelphia 76ers right now, mainly yeah. because there hasn't been a lot of talk about them. And when a team's got their nose to the grindstone, there's normally a lot, not a lot of talk about them. Mm. They seem to just be doing their thing, and I like them. You'll see in just a moment. I got Boston in five over Atlanta. Same. Same. I figure Atlanta was wiry enough to steal one. Yeah, maybe. They didn't get the first, th- or... Yeah, they they lost get, the first. They game, lost. Yeah. yeah, they didn't get the first one. So I just that, if that's you're going to steal one, I, I just don't see it happening now. Yeah, it's all, all right. it's all according to seed here in the East so far. One one through four. Well, that's who we've got going through. Yep. So oh, got okay. The next round. Um, I got Milwaukee over Cleveland in six, and I got Philadelphia over Boston in six, which is surprising for me because I'm Boston's my B team. There's just been too much drama around the squad lately. It doesn't seem like. They're in unison. You know, I haven't mm-hmm. watched them too much, so maybe I'm just reading too much into the public narrative. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems odd what's going on with Jalen Brown. And I, I think mean, there's the still Sixers a team time. that lost three times to the Orlando Magic, so I just mm-hmm. don't think they're that good, honestly. Okay. A bun- like bunch of role players with two stars. So did you pick the Sixers as well? I picked the Sixers as well, but I think it'll be a long, I, th- I think it'll be a seven-game series. Okay. I think this will be where one of those ones where – this is sort of like the Embiid breakout moment. They'll probably mm-hmm. give him the MVP during this series. Which will help. That'll, I got um, that money on that. So, yeah, I've got Milwaukee taking on, on the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, the same as you. Okay, and then do we? you have Milwaukee moving on to the championship? I do. I, I feel like they've been the most consistent, dominant team in the East, not just because you know, they're my B team, as you like to say. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I just think off a seven-game series fighting with Boston, I think the Sixers might run out of gas to be able to take Milwaukee out. They're capable, for sure. Yeah. But Seems what Chris Middleton can do. I know he hasn't been like the same scoring punch that he has been. I don't know if that's turned around yet. Yeah, they just they have so many weapon options on that squad. Their, their bench beat us multiple times, yeah. so I that's all I needed to see. I, I right. thought we should have beaten those teams 
handily, and then they turned around and did just that to us. So I'm a believer. It's weird to look at the stats and see Milwaukee's number one in the East and the Celtics are number two because we just played so well against the Celtics and, couldn't, and just couldn't beat like even the backups, like you say, of the Bucs. Like to yeah. me, that makes the Bucs far and away the best team. But just you know, the, the Sixers could just be on a magical run. You never yeah. know. All right. Let's go to the West. To the West. Got Denver over Minnesota, Phoenix over the Clippers, Golden State over Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. And Memphis over the Lakers. Okay, we are 100% the same on that. Really? Um, I really did want to pick the Lakers to beat Memphis. I know, I thought you I might. I just can't do it. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't. I, I want that to happen. Yes. But no. So you, you, were, you were doing this with the, the noggin and not the heart. I, I did the West a few times. Yeah. And I'm just still not <laughs> loving the way it came out, to be honest. And I want the upset for the Kings. I do too. too. I do too. I just, but I mean, sort of. I, I think the yeah. Kings are going to benefit from losing a first round series. They're just getting in. Yeah. Like they're in. They won that first game. That's great. But I think Golden State's veteran. There's leader, too much there's there. There's too much there. Yeah. It's a bad matchup in the first round for Sacramento. Like you're playing a team that's in state, mm-hmm. that has all this experience coming off the championship last year. There couldn't be a worse first round matchup for them. I think I'd pick them against almost anyone else. Yeah. Uh, I got Denver over Phoenix in six and Golden State over Memphis in six. All right. Well, that's where we differ because I have Phoenix over Denver. Wow. Okay. I think this is the year that Jokic and the boys get over the hump. Um, And Phoenix is just coming together as a team. So they're not all the way there. And Denver comes out on top. Yeah, Phoenix is one of those teams that can very easily let you down. Mm-hmm. They let a lot of people. They got off a lot of people's radar earlier in the season from, by doing uh, numerous things. But they have a lot of star power there, and it's time for them to play. But to be fair, honestly, the Clippers could beat the Phoenix in the first round. That's why I didn't like putting them in the Western Conference Finals because it yeah. feels kind of coin tossy to me with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then I just don't believe that Denver is ready for primetime stuff. Okay, I, I just. You know, I kind of would like to see it. I got nothing against Denver. I just, I mean, other than the fact that they think Aaron Gordon is good. But, like, I just don't <laughs> Still think. with the hate. But they Still don't. With the they shade. never seem to get over that hump. And it's like, so until they can prove prove it to me, I'm not going to put them in the Western Conference Finals. But this could be the year. I think it's their year. And you had Golden State over Memphis as well? I had Golden State over Memphis. Okay. Um, I think that Golden State is going to be that burr in, in Memphis's side that they can't quite get through yet. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, so our, I don't think this is Memphis's year. The Bulls of our magic. Yeah, I, I just don't think this is their year yet to to make that run to the finals. And obviously, none of us want that because they're so arrogant and douchebaggy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got Denver beating Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know. If I love that. I just want it for Jokic a little bit because okay. I think Embiid's going to win the MVP. Let this guy go to a championship. Um, it's just hard to beat Golden State when they shoot so many damn threes. Like I don't love the matchup for Denver uh, Denver there because they don't shoot that many threes. Mm-hmm. So I don't honestly think that they're going to be able to – that one was kind of with my heart, I think. Okay. Yeah. We'll uh, see. I went with Phoenix beating Golden State. Oh. I think that Golden State might run out of gas at that point. Okay. All right. Um, That's interesting. So we have yeah, a very I, I, different – So I have Milwaukee final. versus Phoenix, which I'm not feeling super confident about. I'm super yeah. confident that the Bucks are going to win it all. That's yes. what I have winning it. I got them winning it too. But like I said, I could see the Clippers beating Phoenix in the first round. So I do not love what I have done in the West. <laughs> I had them winning last year though too. I think the Bucks winning. I think yeah. I think we had both picked the Bucks and Phoenix to re uh, to, to, to oh to meet rematch. last year. Oh, and, and that did not take place. Okay. 
So we'll last year there happens. wasn't a definitive winner. It looks like this year is going to come down to that Denver versus Phoenix second round. Let us know. What's your bracket looking like? Who you got in the finals or other steps of the way? Be curious to see who people think are going to be the, the last team, who's going to be the last yeah, team Yeah, I'd be standing. interested to see who everybody thinks is going to be in like the Western Conference Finals particularly Yeah, um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Eh, I mean, that I feel like that's either Milwaukee and either Boston or Philly. Yeah. I, I'd be really shocked if there's anything about that. Agreed. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know. So throw that down there. Comment. The finish line is in sight, Peach. But don't you stop. you got to run all the way through the finish line. That's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. Stick around for the large ending. But again, we want to shout out all our All-Stars and Second Cousins on the Patreon. Magic player history. It's not okay to say Okiki. Wiffle, Andy, Dylan, Drum, Raph, Breadhead, Al, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Gloria and Damian, Cotter and Yanni. Thanks so much for the support. If you can, buy us a beer. We're really close to that $200 milestone, which just means we give away more stuff. Like we gave away a jersey at the top of today's show, we'd also be giving away a prize package. So that's how that will work, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you can help us meet that goal, we'd greatly appreciate it. Help improving the show. All right, Peace, you know what time it is, sir. Hit the music! There it goes. <laughs> and you're up first. Hey, the uh, Rays were off to a hot start as when we started this 13 and 0. Do you care? No, not really. I mean, it's cool. I like that some of our, you know, second cousins are down in that Tampa area. So good on you, but right. I don't care. Yeah, you don't want to lead the season with 13. Months. No, this is not the time to be hot right you now. You want to end the season. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Then talk to Then it's something. <laughs> Magic Johnson is in the group that's going to purchase the Washington Commanders. He also owns part of the Dodgers, the Sparks, the WNBA team, the LA Football Club, Major League Soccer. I know you're a big fan. And he did own part of the Lakers at one point. Mm. What pro sport will Magic Johnson own part of next? Oh, that's a good question. It sounds like he might be missing out on the world of auto racing. Yeah, okay. maybe he should take a look into something there. Maybe uh, Magic Johnson NASCAR. Formula uh? <laughs> He's gonna start smiling. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, NHL playoffs about to start. I'm pumped. Who you got? Canadians, baby. Let's go Habs. You know they're not in. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, Beach. That's rude. <laughs> uh, the Mavs were fined 750k. This might go to court, Cousins Court, but I'll ask you now. For sitting most of their roster in a must-win game, Luca played 12 minutes, so that's negligible. Is that fair or unfair? What say you, Peach? I have never heard of them finding any other teams for sitting guys at key moments, and I really don't understand why they would start doing it all of a sudden. Just because it was so blatant, I think they needed to win the game, so it's clear that you were throwing it. I don't like that teams do this, but... No one else has ever been punished like this, so I don't understand why all of a sudden the Mavs are. But okay. if this is going to set the precedent that we're going to do this now, I'm all right. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Hey, listen. Will Ferrari be more consistent with Vassar in charge this year? I mean, they have to be with all the errors they had last year, Ferrari. Um, but they're not off to a good start. They're in fourth, and they uh, were picked to be in that top three, certainly. Um, Aston Martin behind some... Wizardry of Fernando Alonso are oh. up in second, I want to say. Isn't he on the Mets? Different Alonso. Okay. <laughs> I'll ask I'll ask this question to someone who actually knows something about hockey. Peach, it's the NHL playoffs. Mm. Who you got? I've got the Stars. I've got the Dallas Stars winning. Oh, okay. um, I also have the Boston Bruins not winning. Yeah, you want to have that make record sure at that point. The record setting season but they are going to fall in the playoffs and it's going to be so much sweeter. So watch the Bruins lose and always root against them. <laughs> I had to Google that F1 question, by the way. 
<laughs> I actually Googled what's a good F1 question. <laughs> there it is. You loved it. You ate it up. You were I ready. I did. I liked it a lot. I was like, yes, fish. Um, well, thanks so much, Second Cousins. It's the it's kind of the end of a season. It's a little mm. it's a little bittersweet. It did feel weird the last two weeks not doing a game wrap up. Yeah. There's no live games. We're just kind of back to doing it every other week now. Yeah, we're just going to be kind of comfortable with. It was a long yeah. season. No, for sure. I need a little break right now. Um, but we'll keep doing the episodes every two weeks. Maybe some other content thrown in there that we're working on and having fun with. Mm. If there's anything you want to see, let us know, Second Cousins, as yeah, off-court cousins. I still want to do it. Thanks for watching. Episode 44 is coming up next time on my 44th birthday. Be there. Peace. I'll do two for 44. 44. For